What's happening, everyone? Welcome to Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 215. Hard to believe it's been 15 weeks since we had our 200 special, but we are cruising right along, and we have a very fun episode today, or should be. Uh, if not, if nothing else, it'll provide a lot of laughs, as always. So We make no guarantees. I- this is a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, has got the disclaimer ready to go. I make legally binding <laughs> guarantees. <laughs> that then <laughs> that's a way to live travis that's a way to live <laughs> you see this is how we do the intro I have no around here for the law i have just you know i can I tell as i tried to do the yeah. intro but please carry no, on no, we're just here. gonna keep stepping on it <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to add on this Ains? <laughs> <laughs> i am your host ainsley Bowden, joined by these cast of characters you know all too well mr ty guy travis himself fresh with the new mic and a fresh mcclunky i'm assuming McClunky, yeah, wow. you knew it was coming. That's like that the smile. Good. That's the smile of a man ready to scream McClunky into his new microphone. There you it's go. High def, guys. I can do ASMR now, which is obviously my. Please main. don't. <laughs> you covered that. You know, I, I got to get the mute button ready. <laughs> uh, good morning to you. Uh, sitting besides him, of course, his favorite person and adversary at the same time, Mister Hoke himself. One of the cast of characters of Lawyers and Dragons. Good morning, sir. That's right. Lawyers and Dragons launched yesterday. Trees of Eternity. We had a cliffhanger. We had polls. We had characters that you hadn't seen before. Very exciting stuff. Yeah. I had some people coming into my um, comments on, on Lawyers and Dragons. Like, wait, this is you, you analyze like lawyer stuff, right? You the one that just was reading like the Elon Musk uh, lawsuits. Yeah. Why you, you're what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Well, as it turns out, I'm a human being as well as a lawyer, and I have creative pursuits, and I thought this would be fun. Uh, so, no, it's a, it's a good time. And, uh, yeah, I think your description of Travis was perfect. Uh, he's one of my favorite people on the Internet. Uh, he is also sometimes one of the most frustrating, and I love <laughs> each aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, I felt mm-hmm. it was appropriate. And, of course, holding us together like the glue he is, Mr. Rodriguez. What's uh-huh. happening? That's that's a little bit much. That's, <laughs> you know what I was thinking yesterday? I was I was kind of flipping through some stuff. Travis, do you, does anybody ever told you you look like like Atreus from uh, God of War? I think you look exactly <laughs> like him. Like I don't no, know why no. it like hit me, but I was I, I saw like a God of War like ad, and I was like, man, he looks just like Travis. If you say you so, know. Father. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See exactly. That's all you got to do. That's why Big Cass has to get together in real like life, you, so you guys can cosplay. Given his real identity, actually, and, I think we can pursue this. And yeah. given your real size differences between That's Dan and, and Travis, you could definitely pull this off. Yeah, yeah. Just get like a get a bow and arrow next week, and just like and just let me see it, and then I'll be like, yeah, folks, if there's cool anyone stuff. with the capability, this feels like a Photoshop opportunity to me. Yeah, you got Dan <laughs> in the corner, you got Travis in the corner. I feel like we can make this happen as a community. Yeah, yeah uh, no, and like real life height difference too. I mean, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. The, the height difference is definitely true. You're bald. You probably would look good with that tattoo. You know the the head tattoo. I, I this sounds like a Halloween episode at bare minimum. Uh, so, That's a I'm, great idea, actually. I'm, I'm known for being something of a trickster. I'm just saying Hollywood. You are. That you is. Are. It's true. Yeah. How do you it's feel about mistletoe? Are you a mistletoe fan? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll mess with mistletoe. Whatever. I don't even really know what it is. <laughs> As we said, this is going to be a fun one today. So uh, we are going to be talking. Now I know about what it. my my ideal video game is. I already you got go. it. Right you already there. nailed it. You already nailed it. Um, 
Um, so we're going to be uh, talking about a, a couple news items, of course. But then we, with the audience here who's here live with us today, going to be designing the perfect video game. So we are going to go aspect by aspect of video game design, talk about what would be our favorite thing, and come out of it at the end, hopefully, we think, with some sort of game type, game objective, game design uh, that we each individually, including you, like I said, uh, feel would be our perfect game. And is there a game that exists similar to it today? So uh, should be a good time. And uh, we got a super chat before we even started. From our what? friend, that's risky. <laughs> that's risky chat. You don't even know if we'll see that. Yeah, this is nice. true. This is very true. Uh, from Mr. Bomber himself, a frequent guest of the Bitcast, our friend from Gaming yeah. Beyond the Box. Remember, Rocket League is a great game. More Anthem and Halo. Thank you, Bomber. I, for the I love this super chat. chat. Yes, Rocket League, fantastic. Anthem, Halo. It's got all my favorite things. You know what I mean? It's everything. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you, Bomber. Appreciate you. <clears throat> All right, um, guys, so before we get started, I mentioned, I think two weeks ago, uh, we were closing in on 100 reviews on Spotify. We inch ever closer. So if you are a listener, you are someone who joins us every week, take the, it literally takes like 20, 30 seconds if you have a Spotify account. And uh, if you could give us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. It just helps the show get out there in the algorithm uh, and on the charts in for our audio listeners. So thank you so much. And for those of you who did do that in our last ask, thank you as well. Appreciate you. You're so much better at that than I am, Ains. I, I had literally had no idea Spotify had reviews. Been running a <laughs> podcast for like four years. It's all good. Well, they, they only <laughs> added them like, I don't know, less than a year ago. It wasn't, they haven't been there forever. So yeah, but I, it's not often you get to say that I did a promotion oh, no, better than you. That's you pretty did rare. Better than me. Every, I heard that. I was going to say that last week. I was like, that's a good idea. I should tell people to review virtual legality. Huh? Well, <laughs> I don't even know how to get there. It's so funny because I, I wired all this up, you know, four years ago. It's like how, how, how somebody asked me, how does your RSS feed work? I don't it, the, they pop up over there. I don't remember. I don't, <laughs> it's all magic. <laughs> it is kind of a mess, too. Like <laughs> the, if you host a podcast like the different hosting sites that you can use for your rss feed and reviews and how the algorithm works and then different sites like apple require different stuff from google it's just it's a mess like it is and i want to move i want to change platforms and it's like i don't know if i can <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh let's talk about kind of uh new releases what we've been playing guys so uh, i'll kick us off with a, a big indie release that happened this week that's spread uh, across social media which is cult of the lamb no, I, that was the one I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. I talked about it last week. Um, and uh, we our review went up earlier this week uh, from a kind of Metacritic, open critic standpoint. It's fared very well. I want to say it's 86 ish, 87, something like that. Um, I don't know if you guys are playing it. I've got about 10 hours into it, maybe, and I am loving it. It is such a cool game, such a cool art style. Uh, it's quite funny. Uh, the things that happen in it, and it's just it's just really well designed and polished. Uh, I'm I'm just having a blast with it. See so you guys nodding yeah. your head. So you you playing it? I've never even heard of it. Yeah, so, I have. Well, I, I talked <laughs> about it me. last week, Dan. So that yeah, says we'll a lot. See. He checked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. He was thinking of uh, yeah. blueberry muffins and Hitman. It's all exactly. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Never uh, yeah. Um, so how broken is yours? How broken? Yeah, how broken yeah. is your call to the lamb? Yeah, it's broken. I, I don't know what you mean. Well, I had Lichus, buildings disappear. 
<laughs> oh, oh really? You've had bugs. I was just saying how polished it is. Mm. I've had no problems. Really? Okay. Mm. Yeah, I tried to get into it. I tried to get into it. I had uh, I had a crash and I had buildings disappear. And I was like, I will come back. Wow. Yeah. I have not uh, heard that. Huh. My girlfriend has like 15 hours in it and she's yeah. gotten to the point now where there's like she can't do any of the dungeons because when she gets to the boss gate, the game just crashes on her. So she's waiting for a patch so that she can progress. But yeah, she's been playing it a lot. Wow. Um, it's a good game, though, when it works. I mean, she's super addicted to it. She's like, this is Stardew Valley 80% of the time. And then 20% of the time it's Hades, but 80s, not so yeah. hard of a Hades game that I don't want to play it. And it's pretty good. Um, although not in an indie game. It does have a publisher, technically. I don't know if. What's, yeah, what's your counting everything with a publisher? Is I mean, it, yeah, is it it's ever, independent, is, right? It's not independent if it has a publisher. So I'm not doing this with you this morning. But no, wait, I mean, on. All right, hold on, hold on. So, like, if you get published, will, by like, let's say like Devolver Digital, right? Like, they have a certain kind of feel to them. I would still sure. classify the game types that they release as indie for purposes of describing them to an audience see, you you see, would not ains you might have you might have avoided oh. it but but hoag bit right on that's what i said Hogue, so. Hogue will here take we go this, the first fighter of day I, I do agree with hoag though that I, just for game description purposes people would classify this as an indie game even though yeah, i and, know and technically you're right it's published by the yeah so I, yeah. i'm being pedantic but yeah i mean i would say that if you <laughs> did not self-publish that you were not an indie game people just use it as a useful descriptor but I mean, yes. it's not not an indie game, so it's not independent by the by definition, which is what indie stands for. So independent of what you say, independent of publishing. I say independent of major studio support. Man, we're getting started early today. If you're published by a, a major publisher, you you wouldn't say that that's support. No, yeah, I've read the contracts that come out from indie publishers <laughs> versus something like Sony, and they're not the same level of support. Yeah, sure, but they're still not independent. And there's well, like independent there's of like what? I'm saying independent. they're in, it's independent of major support. <laughs> there we go. We got it. We got the verses up. Um, oh. I mean, you're saying major support, but I'm saying support in general. There are some. I'm saying there are indie movies. publishers that get games after they're made in order to distribute them, and that ain't shit for support. That's still an indie game. You just have a distributor. Yeah, and there's some developers that self-publish entirely and don't get any support. And those are like actually indie games. They used to happen a lot more, but it's, you know. How is getting a distributor or a reseller not make you independent? I don't understand. Because by definition. That's a marketing partnership. They didn't make the means, game. Do you know the definition of the word independent? It means like on I your own. I do know the word independent. <laughs> Which means that like if you aren't on your own, Come you're on. not independent. So, <laughs> well, do you say. know that in order to establish what independence is, you have to establish what you're independent from? Sure. Well, I, I mean, independent in general means that you, you, you're not relying on other people, that you're alone. Right, but I mean, we can take this down to the reductio ad absurdum, can't we, Travis? Right? Did the independent yeah. publishers or independent developers that you like, did they drive on roads? Were those roads provided by governments? Does that lose their independence for making the games that they made? You can take it to whatever level you want. I'm saying being published, especially by someone that maybe didn't make the game at all, doesn't lose you your independent status when it's two guys in a garage in gloucestershire gloucestershire wow yeah we're getting, is that yeah. the group that made cult of the lamb two guys no. in gloucestershire no, yeah. no. it is a small <laughs> I think, team i think though. they're a pretty substantial team actually no no massive monster but, they're a small group yeah i would just say like like the the definition of indie has sort of lost some of its relevance because i yeah, think you, people you is, reject the internet's discourse on this and yeah. i reject it along with you travis but we have yeah. to actually make important distinctions and cult of the lamb is by no means a non-independent game. 
I think it, right now the definition of indie is indie is a vibe. Like if people see it, they go, oh, that's an indie game. And you're like, eh, like I, I, I question that sometimes because I'm just like, eh, it's not really indie. It had like a major team, major support. It has a publisher. It's not self-published. There are legit indie games. Go on Steam Greenlight. Those are indie games. But, you know, they, I, don't, I just don't think that, uh, that, that, it, that it has a very consistent definition. And I, I, I personally would say Cult of the Lamb isn't really that indie. They're, they're, they've got a lot of support of those people. So anyway. Yeah. Do we, we get the verses back? The, yeah. no. the verses is yeah. gone for now. Right. Well played, guys. Well played. Yeah. Was... Um, kicking us right off. So uh that's actually <laughs> that's actually the first I've heard of uh bugs of that nature in all seriousness. Um, oh no, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I I mean I looked in the forum when my girlfriend ran into issues and lots of people are dealing with it. So I've got it on a pause. I've got it on a wait yeah. for a patch. Wow, that's crazy. I've had it on mm. quick resume. I'm playing it on Xbox. And I've got it on quick resume. quick resume. I've, I've never shut the game down. Works fine. There yeah. you go. Maybe that's the trick. Yeah, maybe maybe quick open. resume fix Don't something for a change. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, quick resume usually breaks things. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. Age is going with full risky. Well, because it's not an online game. Like they, they put quick resume in online connectivity games, right? Which have to authenticate to a server and then it just fails every time. Um, I don't know why they do that. But you with a game like in. this where it's just a, you know, a standalone management game it, it it's worked fine what so. i played i it, it's got a striking visual style it's a little mm -hmm. bit nihilistic for my for, for my particular <laughs> what vibe uh yeah. but um uh no i think uh, it's it will be good probably pretty shortly i would hope um yeah. but i can't i can't risk that kind of time expenditure if you're gonna die on me yeah yeah that's interesting um but anyway, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It, uh, it I, one thing I really like about it, right, is it, it it puts you into the role of being a maniacal kind of cult leader, and it 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 pushes you down that route, even if you're not to. It's like you know, remember these are your subjects, and if you need to sacrifice one to make a point, then sacrifice one. And you know, I put someone in prison who was talking back, and you know, it's just it's it's quite funny, really, that you have to get into the mood to play that. But it's all done in such a hilarious kind of art style and you know, motif that, uh, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. it uh, weirdly, it weirdly, my girlfriend needed no coaxing to step into the role <laughs> of a uh, cult leader. She was immediately like, Oh, I was like, wow. Why is that person like in the gallows? And she, she was like, Oh, well he, he didn't, he didn't agree with me. So now we're re-educating him. And I was like, Oh, wow, this is like, like a glove for you. You're just <laughs> right into this. <laughs> Something to note for later, Travis. Something yeah, later. for real. I was like, Hmm. Okay. So yeah. So super seven in the chat asked what we're playing on. I was playing on Xbox. I know like if you're on our discord, people are playing on everything. They're playing on steam decks or playing on yeah. switch. Uh, PlayStation. Um, PlayStation. There you go. You've got all platforms covered. Yeah, um, and on Xbox as well, which is where we're glitches, <clears throat> but yeah, gotcha. I did order the physical, they came out with some cool physical editions from Special Reserve Games, so I have a physical coming for PS5 as well. Um, yeah, can get the nice. super chat from Tal now because it's about Cult of the Lamb, so let me tackle this one. Yeah, Tal, thanks for the ten dollar super chat. Cult of the Lamb is awesome. Me and my two brothers are enjoying it, it does have bugs, uh, but it is fun when it works. Uh, Rogue Lights for the win, you're the rogue, yeah, yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So actually, he, it actually though, reminds yeah. me more of a game called um, uh, Moonlighter uh, than either of the ones that I've seen referenced here in terms of Hades or Animal Crossing. If you know that one, you run a shop and go into four different dungeons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Uh, but okay. 
that's cool. an indie game, so Travis might not be familiar with it. I don't know. I'd have to check to I see if that's indie publisher. Games. <laughs> love indie games i just think you guys are you guys are like the the people that go to the the, the indie band that went made it go. to like a major concert and then yeah. you guys are like oh this is so indie and i'm like actually like out in the field actually listening to oh, some yeah. like yeah i'm like the hipster here oh uh, yeah no my my favorite indie company developers obviously remedy i mean they're... yeah for sure <laughs> totally. well that's your definition right travis they self-publish <laughs> Um, uh they don't they they just find new publishers for all their games they don't sell uh I, I, are you guys don't... lagging for no you must be lagging uh -huh. san francisco is notorious for its poor internet <laughs> <laughs> anyway tal thank you for the super chat and uh he did say yeah he's had crashes as well and a looping bug as well uh on xbox so uh, Christopher Jetzer, you said, is Thymesia supposed to be good or is it too early to ask? It is too early to ask, uh, but the reviews will be out, uh, I think, tomorrow, actually. I think it releases, or may maybe Tuesday, what out early this week. Thymesia? It is a indie Are we sure? That is, <laughs> that is a, uh, it's a, it's a uh, what do you call it, a Souls-like um, kind of action game um, that is coming out next week. And uh, we have Elu Spook, who is in the chat, um, who is reviewing it for us. But we still are under embargo, so I can't talk about it just yet. But stay tuned. Oh, boy. Stay tuned uh, to the site, Chris, and we will have something up for you this week. Travis, I think, is having... He's going to go out and in. He's going to do okay. the old the old turn it off and turn it on. I uh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Sorry, audio listeners. Nice. Travis was having some technical issues. Well, we'll we didn't even this. have to tell them we were gone if they're audio listeners. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would have never known. Uh -huh. All right. Okay. Well, All hopefully right. that works, Travis. <laughs> yep, I'm good. There's All right. All right. What else have we been playing, guys? Hoagie said you were uh, playing a lot yeah. of something we were going to talk about. Let's do it. Let me talk about Arcade Paradise, folks. This is a game by a company by the name of Nosebleed Interactive. It does have a publisher by the name of like Wired something. So I guess it's not an indie, except for the fact that the entirety of the game is you running a laundromat. And I'm not kidding, folks. I use that as a descriptor for everything everywhere all at once. It's about a laundromat and a tax audit. That's even less Great movie. true than this particular game. You're running a laundromat as a teenager in what I think is like the early 1990s. Let's call it 1993. And you uh, get the laundry from the people that leave it for you for the concierge service. And you put it in the put it in the washer and you take it from the washer and you put it in the dryer. Uh, and you do that every day of the game. Uh, and you clean up gum and people leave trash. They're animals. Uh, and <laughs> you're doing this throughout. Uh, but also, as a teenager, and this store was given to you by your father, who's apparently some kind of either laundry or other kind of retail king. Uh, he's trying to teach you... Um, to, to learn business. And you believe that you could make more money if you converted the laundromat into an arcade. Um, so there are a couple of arcade machines when you start out there because your sister had the same plan but was uh, disagreed with by your father. And you take that as the starting point for turning this laundromat into an arcade paradise by going on a 1990s version of the internet, buying arcade machines, potentially other things, all of which grow from your experience. And then you build out this arcade experience in the back. Um, and that's really it, uh, except for 
the arcade machines are all fully playable and they are fantastic. They are offshoots of actual 90s games. What I like to describe it as is um, there's a board game publisher that I really like called Restoration that takes the games from like the 80s and 90s and then says, what would this look like if we actually had modern design sensibilities from the last 30 years? Uh, and takes like the feel and the tone and the concept of that board game and brings it up into modern standards. And I love them. They're one of my favorite publishers. This game company, Nosebleed, which I hadn't really heard of before, but I immediately bought their prior and I think first game after playing Arcade Paradise, goes in and takes apart everything from... Uh, Space Harrier type racing games to uh, puzzle games, uh, Paperboy, uh, and in such a perfect way that they feel like they're from there, but with cool new ideas. Um, and I, I don't have any idea how many there are. I already have 12, um, and I there's no sign of it stopping. Uh, and so it's just this wonderful loop. Uh, they have a jukebox that you can buy that has really awesome faux 90s music. So things sound exactly like Smashing Pumpkins or sound exactly like, you know, whatever, Vangelis from the 80s. Uh, and all uh, in a in an experience, I, and I, I almost tweeted this out, I said to my wife, I'm not sure this is my favorite game of the year, but there was a moment where I have got like synth beats on. I'm listening to this music. I'm moving these laundry things in a menial job, trying to sneak out to have a little bit of time to play the arcade machine so I can get it done from my to-do list so that I can buy a new CD for the jukebox, all these things. Uh, and I get purely captured like everything I love about uh, that kind of 90s teenage experience that I had. Uh, and so bare minimum, if you're of a certain age, Travis does not apply uh, it is right there in the nostalgia feels for remembering me working a retail job uh, and doing these various things and trying to squeeze out time to play video games. Uh, so I could not recommend it more. I think it's 20 bucks. I have probably already played it eight hours. Uh, it is wonderful. It is a bit niche. So Arcade Paradise. Um, and did you did I hear you correctly that there is a video game version, updated version of Paperboy within this? Well, I said that they so it's not it's not a version of Paperboy. It's not a version of anything. None of the things that they've made are versions of things that already exist. They just are informed by them. Um, so there's um, there's a game that has you actually moving around a warehouse and stacking boxes. That's a puzzle. And it's really, really good. Like you you easily could have sold it for like three bucks separately. Um, and um, the boss of the employment thing comes up and shouts at you in like that fake synth sound uh, and with that from, from Paperboy, And it's uh, uh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, and you, you, you have all of these kinds of growth patterns, like an RPG. So you can make the video games uh, make more money uh, if you uh, play them more often, but also if you hit these goals, that are established for you on each separate machine. Um, and uh, it's, it's just constantly circling around and you never have enough time and you feel pressed. And it's a, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good uh, metaphor for life. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of moving laundry. So, okay. Your, your mileage may vary there. I sounds cool. Is it on all platforms or a certain platform? I believe it's on all platforms. I'm playing it on the PlayStation. I got it. Um, but uh, it's, okay. yeah. So yeah, no, you guys should be looking at screens of this thing in the background. I know it's on Steam, I believe, um, but uh, yeah, it's twenty bucks, but it's ten percent off until the nineteenth. So right now it's what eighteen dollars? 
Got yeah. lawyer lawyer math. <laughs> Pretty sure. Travis, you said you have it on Xbox. Yeah. Okay, so it's on everything then, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's on cool. You bought it? Yeah. If it's, on, if it's on Xbox, it must be on every platform. Yeah, I bought it. I played it a bit. <laughs> Hook. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Hook spent like uh, four minutes talking about it. Travis, like, yeah, I played it a bit. It's good. It's nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a ton of time, but I played it for like 30, 40 minutes, and I was like, okay. oh, this is dope. So yeah. I like sim games. I'm, I'm, I was on a bit of a sim game kick last week, so I picked it up. Yeah, I was cool. power washing things last week as well. <laughs> Construction simulator for me, but all oh, right. Uh, your preview yeah. went up for that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, yeah, no, they're just really. I what I'm really the most impressed about by that. Then I will stop. Is that each each and every one of the games is both evocative of that time period and going to the arcade, and separately interesting. Like I feel like you can have these types of games, uh, and okay, they kind of suck. And you're like, okay, I get the idea. Uh, I feel like I could play virtually all of the machines that I've played and just play it as the game um, and have a good time with it. It's awesome. Yeah, and Elu confirmed it's on Steam, PlayStation, Switch, and Xbox. So good to go. Could not recommend more. Highest (laughs) hope recommendation. (laughs) Awesome. Also, Volstock, which is their first game, which I also bought, which is a combination of like uh, Super Stardust and a uh, Cookie Clicker. I can't. I can't otherwise describe it. <laughs> okay. I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, it's um, great. Played that for a while, too. I love this company. Brand new. Had no idea who they were. Nosebleed Interactive. I will follow you with great interest. Nice. Nice. I actually really enjoy that. You know, when you find a, a, a game that you ha- didn't have on your radar at all, right? And then you enjoy the hell out of it. And then you happen to look up this developer and realize they've made two, three, four games in the past with similar kind of sensibilities uh and it's like oh you feel like you hit like a little jackpot all of a sudden of, of yeah, something it, that you know well this is a super weird niche right so they like they like economic growth engines combined with other weird video game elements and then they like to slap mini games in them so like volstock is i had never heard of it before it's you're essentially supposed to be like a space capitalist who's colonizing all of these planets and doing weird things to them. And then you have to find executives to run your company. And they really like it when you play like little Tamagotchi mini games <laughs> in order to keep mm-hmm. them happy, to keep your bonuses up and them not angry and destroying your empire. Anyway, it's very hard to describe. I also wound up playing that for a number of hours. So that's, this, <laughs> is, this is my brand new, my brand new favorite company here. Nice. Uh, what was I, I forget what I was writing or talking about the other day. Um, maybe in an article, but uh, I had remembered the Dreamcast VMU that you used to carry around, and there was a little mini game on it for Sonic and stuff, and I was like, wow, wow, times have changed in 20 years, 30 years now. No, 20 years, yeah. Anyway, uh, Gecko has a question for you on a Super Chat here. Sure. The game is mostly informed by arcade games of the 90s, or are there some PC games as well? Thank you, Gecko Gamer. Well, um, so they run a couple of different economies at once. The, the, they're almost all arcade games in terms of what you're actually putting in the arcade. Uh, but you can gain access to extra features on your office PC, which include, I don't want to get you too excited, Gecko, but Minesweeper and Solitaire. <laughs> the legends. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> There's also an achievement for winning a game of Solitaire. Sweet. Thank you, Gecko. Appreciate you. All right. What else have we been playing? Anything good? Uh, Xenoblade Anyone? continues. The, the, the Xenoblade Chronicles is a good name for him because it's going to be a, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a chronicle. <laughs> what chapter are you on? 
I'm still on three. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. I'm stuck on three. <laughs> it's like there's so many side quests like all over. And uh, I just, I go and I see a question mark and I have, to, I mean, you can't just ignore a question mark, can you? Like that's not, we're not built to ignore question marks. If it's so, green, you can well, ignore it. I, no, I go to all question marks, man. All of them. Um, and so, no, I'm, I'm busy kind of wandering about uh, upgrading my classes, uh, making sure the whole team has access to the classes when I get them, which takes a little bit of time. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty chill in Xenoblade. Like, it's like walking around a park. <laughs> so it's like, wow, look at that. And then I'll just stand at the edge of a, you know, I'm a, I'm a slow role-playing game player as it is. So your 150 might be 250 in, in you know, Oh, speed. my goodness. I have no doubt. Oh, Lord. Yeah. At, this, at the rate you're playing it, like. Well, I'm, Dan, I'm wandering around this. I'm wandering around this the other day, and I'm like, okay, so if Dan got, I'm literally thinking this. If Dan got 400 hours out of Horizon. This is what I was just going to say. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Haynes. I didn't mean to step on it. No, 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 no. I, we had the same thought. I'm like, if Dan had 400 hours in Forbidden West with Xenoblade. like, Yeah, what what is, if Dan somehow got into it, he, he just caught the bug, like what is the top line number that Dan could get? Well, he played Tales of Arise. And that I is did. very similar. So and I have over a hundred in that one too. But now Horizon, I did play like three times all the way through. Yeah. So that Xenoblade has a very strong new game plus. We'll see. I, that could be a problem. Content. Yeah. I, I love that they made a strong new game plus that three percent of their audience will see. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. And there's so much stuff locked behind it that I shouldn't talk about for spoilers. No, no, I don't want to I don't want to hear about it, but uh, no, I'm having a great time with it. I am positive, uh, you know, kind of regardless of how the story goes, it's my favorite Xenoblade. It's a significantly more active kind of combat strategy experience, which adds a lot to actually wandering around. Uh, and it is more grounded than two. Uh, and, I, you know, I like these cats. Uh, you, you know, I, I would point out for folks that uh, don't like this particular game, it's got a pretty strong Final Fantasy 13 vibe for both the setup and kind of the early stages of what's happening um so it does have that kind of folks on the lamb bonding for uh hours and hours <laughs> and hours and hours and we're only now getting into the typical xenoblade timey-wimey stuff so wow we'll see. And, yeah, and we yeah. heard travis you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think it was chapter five that was trending on gaming twitter because mm -hmm. i guess big stuff happens in chapter five so hogue's not even well, there I, yet i will say I felt about the game the exact same way Hogue feels about it when I was at Chapter Three. Okay. So. All right. Do you get do you get like those uh, flashbacks, like horror flashbacks, when people talk about Xenoblade now? Uh, no. But anytime people are playing a game that I reviewed a, like a while ago for it, I, I I like it brings me back. I'm like, oh my god, I totally forgot about that. So yeah, it's kind of cool to hear people who are like my friend is playing through Xenoblade too, and he's like live texting me all of his thoughts as he goes through it, and it's like pretty vindicating sometimes because he's like dude i just got to this part and like you were right about this and i'm like okay cool i'm not crazy but yeah it's nice to see uh to see people go through it it's kind of cool you know it, but funny. yeah i think we talked about this on our um on our show are the relationship you have with games you review when people are experiencing yes. them like a month after and you're like whoa that's like well yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because i was just gonna say i was just thinking yesterday no joke about our conversation and and, and i i don't recall how much we touched on it but we I was thinking about a game like Xenoblade, right? And and you've made it clear that your relationship with the game evolved as you played through it, right? Uh, especially in the latter half of the game. And it goes back to what we were saying about do you have to finish a game to review it? And you and I were very 
adamant in, you know, in that point. And I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, think about how your opinion can evolve so greatly on a game, depending on if you're, especially a big game, right? Like this, if you're at the five hour mark, the 20 hour mark, the 50 hour mark, the hundred hour mark, it's going to evolve several times. Um, I, I, you, how can you give a proper opinion or review of a game without going through that motion? Yeah. Well, you can give an opinion, certainly. Like, you don't have to play an entire game to have an opinion on it, but I think reviewers have to. They're just, they're special souls. They're (laughs) sacrificial lambs, as well. You know what my wife said said to me, Travis? I was talking about this experience you had in the car with her, and she goes, Does he he get paid for a 150 hour game? And I'm like, Surely not, uh, as compared to what 150 hours took from him. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah, no. uh, behind the pay model for a review is that like they try to find people who are going to play the games and the games anyway, sure. and they're not paying you for your time in the game. They're paying for you to write about the game that you played recreationally. And so, if if I, if I had a salary, then that would be one thing. But because I'm I'm not a salaried employee, I, it's just. Hey Travis, you were gonna play Xenoblade, right? How would you like to play it a month early, and then we'll pay for the review? That said, IGN is super kind. Anytime they see a game, the, the hours come through, you know they'll bump up your pay. They'll be like, "All right, well." I think that's. You didn't know you were gonna be playing 150 hours. <laughs> so yeah, they they're they're very they're very good about it. They don't have to do that, but they do. See, so. mm. Anya said mm. uh, uh, they're still on chapter three and totally immersed in completionists as well. So you're not alone, Hoke. Yeah, I, it, it's just it, it's a fun that. place to be. I'm not in an, uh, I'm not in a rush, right? Like these areas are cool. They've got like three giant ones together in this particular chapter, uh, and so you go and I, you know, I, I do what I do. I until that map doesn't have, uh, you know, gaps, I'm not moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, fair enough, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> so we might as well hit this. The super chats are coming in very topical, so I'm trying to hit them when they oh, come nice. in here. Don Lionheart, thank you for the set. Uh, Ten dollars, big one. Sorry, it's a big one. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> woo. All right. Do you guys think that the love and high review scores for Zeno, with the guidance and questions, is hypocritical when Horizon for Forbidden West got massive criticism for that, and Elden Ring got stupid high scores for not having <laughs> it? Fair. So, uh, my opinion, right off the cuff, here would be. Um, I don't think the scores are, are purely relative to that aspect, right? Uh, I, 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 and let's not forget that Horizon Forbidden West still is a very high-scoring game. It's sitting at a, what, 88 Metacritic or something like that? I mean, it's, it's, it's very high, yeah, very highly reviewed. So I would say that uh, the, the overwhelming positives for Elden Ring are, are not due to the lack of guidance, even though that played into an aspect for people like myself, but rather many other aspects of that game, which are phenomenal. Um, I can't speak to Zeno. You guys can touch on that, but I, 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 I don't know. Maybe there's some the criticism question, in the gamer verse, but I don't think it relates directly to. Uh, it's volume. Isn't it? I mean, like realistically, it's volume. We, you're talking about Horizon and the Ubisoft and the things everywhere. Like, yeah. Xenoblade isn't doing that at all. When I say question mark, I mean like you'll stumble upon a question mark six miles that way, and you'll be like, okay, let's go get it. It's much sparser, and I think as Travis rightly pointed out in his reviews, I'm going to um, close it, it just it, so you could see you. Oh sure, it, it's generally um, it's more it's more fulfilling on average. Like w- you see a question mark out there in Xenoblade, it isn't. I, I don't know that it's ever just kind of like a nothing. Um, it's it's a Hulk you can restore. It's a new character class you can absolutely bash your head against trying to earn uh, with your underleveled party. 
Um, you, you know, it's it's experiences that are worthwhile. The best thing Travis said, since I'm speaking for him, I'll just, you know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, the best thing Travis said was effectively that they've got good stuff to give you out there uh, in the side quests and the missions and things. And they really, really do. And so it's always kind of fun and it's still gorgeous right i mean it's like whatever it's 10 pixels wide at the points when there's big stuff on the switch but it's still gorgeous in terms of artistic style and so it's just fun to walk around with and if you're explorer type video gamer Mm. yeah and for me the uh the question mark criticism from horizon forbidden west wasn't so much about like the ui being filled with ugly stuff or the side quests not being good because i think both those games have pretty dang good side quests i think it's more the hand holding nature like elden ring got praised for not holding your hand forbidden west holds your hand like crazy and that it it rightly deserves criticism for people that don't like that um xenoblade chronicles 3 has a crazy terrible ui and lots of question marks everywhere but it does not hold your hand and so i feel like that's the that's the difference right is is you can have a uh a map that's filled with like a bunch of stuff and you can not like that if you if you don't but i think uh if it, if it feels like a game that doesn't hold your hand and is just letting you go out there and explore and figure out things on your own then that's a very different feeling so that, that's just my take on it is that they're they're using the you know the map as like a metaphor for how much a game holds your hand right or, or not a metaphor yeah but like I, a, yeah a I see what you mean. yeah i was gonna say like the same thing like uh witcher 3 famously has tons of icons too right i mean they're, they're all over the place uh, banded camps <laughs> yeah yeah um and, and ubisoft we've talked about everyone talks about right that problem but uh, to travis's point i agree with him which is is the stuff you're doing meaningful uh and if the stuff you're doing is meaningful i don't mind lots of things on the map or lots of things to do uh the the issue for me and you, you spoke to it well specifically with forbidden west it felt like i couldn't do anything on my own without being told to do it um and, and that just kind of drove me crazy a little bit so no nope. whereas Elden ring just says here's a giant world of craziness have fun exactly right. and chap- that's what chapter three does right so chapter yep. three throws you at a colony at the start and then says there's a dot over there and we're just we got all this stuff in the middle. I mean, if you guys want to check it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and then, yeah. So the way I am, is like, I wonder if I can walk around here. What levels are you monsters? Oh, I can. All right. <laughs> See, I love some that. of the areas. You I can. Let me figure it out. Right. Like I love Borderlands. Oh, yeah, did that really well. I'm like, oh no. Yeah, like you, you're <laughs> fighting an area here, and you see something over here, and you're like, oh, let me go check that out. And you walk in there, and you like you get slaughtered, right? It's like, all right, I'll come back to you later. (laughs) Yeah. It's got that amazing, like fallout new Vegas thing where like, you'll consistently come into areas and you're like, Oh no. And then you you have to let go and train up and come back Uh, later. Yeah. You mark it in your head. I'll be back. Yeah. You make mental notes of like, dude, there's like an 80 level 80 gorilla. I saw right at the beginning of the game. I want to kill that guy. I want to kill him eventually. You know, that was my, my girlfriend said that immediately. She was like, I need to see you fight that gorilla. And then 150 hours later, I was like, I'm going to do it. New game plus you get ready. So, you know, that's why I mentioned Borderlands, because I've played the beginning of Borderlands one about 100 times and, and you leave the camp right at the beginning and right to the right. There's a separate camp with like a mini boss and he, he you get slaughtered if you fight him right away. Like he shoots you really quick. But when you come back and beat him, he gives you a unique weapon. Right. And it's little things like that, that in my opinion, I just love in a game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Xenoblade's handing out freaking character classes in a job system. So it's like, it's big time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> question marks. And one of the character classes like rewards you for killing bosses. Cause if you kill bosses, you can take one of their abilities. It's like, oh, it's so addictive cool. because then it's like, dude, I want to go back and kill every boss I've ever seen. And yeah, take I'm going to go power. visit some graves. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> some graves and resummon. That's honestly the main reason to kill all the bosses, Hoga, so you can get those checkpoints on your map, the fast that travel it? points, and you can go back. Yeah. Well, I have, I haven't, I don't have that character, but it, well, it, I've used it for like, oh, there's an orange. How close am I to anything that I can zap to? All right, I need a fast travel point right here. So let's let's try to take this guy out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's really good. Dan, the Dan, game is gonna, addictive oh, as well. It's it's just I find it a little bit humorous that you guys are describing this not hand holding thing, especially Ains, when Breath of the Wild is like the template for it is. for this is but but it gets that game gets so much criticism, maybe because they you know there's not enough stuff in it, which is weird because people complain about having too much stuff, but this one has not enough. But Breath of the Wild is like the game, if you go back and look at it, and I'm it was fine. It was one of those games that, you know, I liked it, but it wasn't like game of the year thing kind of for me. But, you know, it was, you could literally go fight Ganon immediately. You could yep. do whatever you want in that game. And I think that's what makes it, you know, a, a very special game. <laughs> it it kind of did a lot of these things before <clears throat> anybody else. But it's crazy to me. It, it all comes down to like the reviewer, right? It all comes down to what that person enjoys. So you're going to, you know, Generally, like, you know, in the past for me, I find somebody that I know that I have very similar tastes with. Um, you just hope that, you know, hey, shout out to 69mega.com. Wow, <laughs> what did just happen? Oh, my I, God. I, Tra Travis has rebranded again. <laughs> Travis, what are you <laughs> doing? It's just anyway, that, you yeah. know, like, yeah, Naked HD, like, it didn't, it wasn't descriptive <laughs> enough. Really like, take off? They're naked, but are they, like, sexy? Like, is that good? You know, it's just yeah. not specific enough. So we're trying some new things. <laughs> 84% will find a girl for you. So that's great. Those are big league numbers, man. Thanks, All man. Right. But you know, yeah. listen, listen, it's just it's just crazy to uh, me that that that, that I, I think that you, you've got to kind of find that one person, right? Or 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 one outlet, or you know, even that, that's even kind of hard to do that you kind of have similar tastes with, and you're not always gonna agree with yes. them. You know, and you're, you're not always going to be on the same page, but they're they're consistent in their criticisms, you know, across the board, you know, with these kind of games. Um, as far as, the, you know, the Elden Ring versus Horizon Forbidden West, you know, I, I understand where that's coming from. But, man, I tell you what, they really, really, really hold your hand in Forbidden West. And I'm Elden Ring. Like, they do not you trust know, you. Played it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's completely, you know, sounds completely the opposite. That's all Dark Souls games or Souls-like games or yeah. games from FromSoft. They just don't do it. So you you, you kind of know what you're getting into there. Mm -hmm. Like Horizon Zero Dawn wasn't like Forbidden West in that respect. There's a huge, huge difference. Um, and it, it's really, I think, really annoying sometimes. Uh, now that I've tried to play Forbidden West three times and still haven't gotten caught into it, um, I think that's what stands out for me is that annoys me so much it that does. it won't let just just let me play the game. Um, you you, you kind of more like a JRPG. Yeah, I mean, they, and, they, and they, want, they want that control of the narrative. Like they want that level of ownership. So you just have to think about it like Final Fantasy Seven. That that may be a perfect analogy for why I'm not getting into it and why because I don't play a lot of JRPGs anymore yeah. because of that reason. Yeah. I, I prefer open world just playgrounds which we're going to touch on more later but it can be both Xenoblade it can be both. both it can you um, know i was going to say as this whole conversation is going on it's like i totally get why you might not like breath of the wild because there aren't any paydays really in terms of right. that story proceeding or anything else xenoblade you get to that next red point 
It might be a two-second text screen. It might be a 35-minute uh, fully animated anime episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it's um, gorgeous. Like, I love the direction of these things. They do a lot of really cool shots and, and things like that. But, yeah, you got to steal yourself. You're going to get some Kojima-level cutscenes in this bad boy. <laughs> Oh turn you turn me off more on this game every week. Oh no, I know, I know. Um, I'm saying this is like that's what happens. I'm just being honest. Oh yeah, yeah, nope. and it's again. It, I'm in the minority, right? It seems most people adore this game, which is awesome. Um, just to touch on well, your no. point, Dan, I think you no, the majority you haven't played it. I think so. You're actually in the majority of people who haven't played. Shut it. up, Travis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go straight to shut up, Travis. From now on, it's, it's easier. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, being pedantic to Andrew never, <laughs> never is not a worthwhile endeavor. I know it never fails. I can't help myself. Um, Dan, I was just gonna, and and you and both and Hogue both kind of touched on it. For me personally, with Breath of the Wild, is what Hogue said and what you kind of said is there's no payoff. I completely agree with you that. I loved what I really liked about Breath of the Wild was you get to the uh, what they call the first plateau or whatever. Right. And it's kind mm -hmm. of your introductory area. Right. And then you just kind of go off. Uh, I love that. And I got really into it early on. And then, like, as you explore more and more and you do more of the shrines, which are just very repetitive and you, you just kind of explore and you're there's just nothing happens or, you know, you don't really find anything to me. That was uh, overly interesting. Whereas Elden like Ring was like, there's something nuts every every 50 meters. Um, right. and, you know, so it's just different. That's all. I like Immortals as the refinement of the Breath of the Wild model. Uh, you know, I played that. a little bit of that. And I, I've been told by a lot of people that I should play that because it's more enjoyable to them. It's very good. Recommended it. yes. yeah. It's very it's good. Quite good. So. Uh, a couple super chats to get to. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, starting with Mr. Eric. Eric, thank you, man. Uh, Dan out here spitting hard truths, Breath of the Wild stands unite. Yeah, I'm a fan. I mean, I, you know, it was always, you know, you have a, that game is always like, okay, here's your goal, go do it. And then, you know, whatever was, you know, the content within, that's, you know, up to the individual user. But, you know, I think that they did a good job. And I think a lot of games, you know, took, you know, cues from that game and a lot of their, their, uh, how they did certain mechanics and stuff and, and kind of started applying it down the line and, and they refined it. And like, like Luke said, Immortals are really good. Immortals uh, is example. a Breath of the Wild freaking It, it is Breath right? of the Wild, I mean, like... <laughs> but with, yeah, a lot more stuff to do. And, yes. uh, you know, it's it just, and that's, and that's what it is, you know. But without Breath of the Wild, we meet, we don't have Immortals. We don't have, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I'm glad that these, these, you know, it's, it's Nintendo, but I mean, they're 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 changing the game with with different kind of thing, you know, different kind of mechanics and stuff. The climbing mechanic you see used, you know, in several games now, you you know that it, it's that's the kind of game, and we'll again talk about this later. That you know, I think a lot of us kind of gravitate to, where it's like, you know, let me do what I want to do. You don't have to hold my hand, but at the same time, don't get to the point where it's like there's no information. And you're just like running around, smacking your head. Like there, there's, there's a, there's a happy medium somewhere in there, um, and and like that's why, that's why I just don't do dark. I think I um, it's just too much. I think the and I don't often levy um, uh, uh, positivity uh, 
to this game too often, but I think uh, Ghost of Tsushima did that very well. They walked a happy medium between a right. a open world that was kind of uh, less uh, question marky, less continually in your face, Full, uh, but yeah. but but also uh, you know gave you enough to kind of explore and and find things on your own. So I, well, I think, I think Ghost is a fantastic recipe. But as you know, yeah. I named it my game of the year in its release. <laughs> I think a lot of people did. I mean, again, it's a very. I just like to make. I like to make the left side of the screen have faces, folks. So, <laughs> I know. think Travis. I agree more on Ghost of She. I'm like an eight for that game. I'm kind of like. Too. It's a good game, very good it's game, but it's not up there. But it doesn't matter. Uh, and Eric, uh, thanks for the super chat. He's always giving me yeah. crap about Breath of the Wild, so he had to get that in there. Yeah, Gecko Gamer with the five euros. Yeah, the just uh, cause games also don't hold your hand. I mean, you tell you what, man. Playgrounds, I've been playing, yeah, those games are. so much they're, fun. They're playgrounds. Yeah. They give me fun. fast and furious energy in those games. It's quite good. Yeah, well, well, they have that level writing. writing. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say about third grade level writing. It's about right. Yeah, yeah. how dare you? <laughs> Did any of you guys actually play those games? I would be yes. surprised. Yeah, yeah. only Just briefly. Two is my favorite, man. Yeah, only those games are good. Uh, I never played four though with the new engine. Was that one good? Yeah, I think, it's good. I think it's on Game Pass, isn't it? I think yeah. it is. I just never I played. played it. A, yeah, three is like, yeah, that was that was like the fast five of of that franchise where it really leveled <laughs> up. Because I played the other two, one and two, and those games were like funny, but they were like bad funny. It was like, well, this, okay. it's the Saints Row evolution, right? So Just yeah, Cause yeah. wants to be serious, and then it's like we suck at this, boys, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then they they try to embrace what they are. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. later on, they reinvent their series and just have it be grounded. So we'll see what's coming in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, the problem with oh, that sorry. game was, no, it's fine. It, it was just, you know, you've got Rigo Rodriguez, who was basically a Hispanic caricature of Gerard Butler. And it was it's just not <laughs> great. You know, you have a terrible main character. And not that that's the point, because I love Just Cause 2. I like, that was my I like favorite it. one in the series. But, you know, it's just you're never going to be serious. <laughs> when you're flying around on a, you know, grab. I don't think boat. they want to be serious, yeah. though. That's kind right. of the point. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the fine. point, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. Well, by the time you're hitting four, they're in full-on Sharknado. Yes. Kind of, yeah, uh, for sure. How they're describing <laughs> their game. Agreed. Sharknado. Don, um, back with another. Yes, with the $5. I'm still relatively new here, but I think Dan is that shared opinion guy for me. I don't mind being told what to do. I hate puzzles. No hashtag no indies. Triple A. Number one, I agree. Yes, Don, totally thank you agree. so much. Man. Appreciate the super chats. And Dan, there's there someone in uh, Dan's corner here. Honestly, <laughs> Dan, Dan is the every gamer. Most people agree with Dan. Most people are, are we positive that Don and Dan. Dan aren't the same person? <laughs> this is Don's yeah. or Dan's old account. This is the yeah. sock puppet account. This is, this Don is, yeah, this is my sock account. It's, it's, it's not, you know, as sexy. But it's, it's truthful. It's truthful. No, Don Lionheart is much sexier of a name than Dan Rodriguez. Sorry, bro. It's, no, I was, I was, I was, well, I was talking about HD <laughs> naked 69. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, not my ultimate. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. In comparison, there's really none. Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Don, thank no, you. Man. All right. Um, one other thing I was going to mention uh, on currently playing is uh, the new season of Apex Legends is out. Uh, season 14. It introduces a new hero named Vantage. I have not played Apex Legends since um, season two in 2019. I played the heck out of it at launch uh, and then just fell off of it. Haven't gone back to it. Uh, Eric, game positive in the chat. A few other friends have been playing it a lot. If you didn't know, season 14 launched beginning of this week and Apex broke its concurrent player record of all time. 
So it's 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 a huge. I mean, it was already a huge game in the community. It season fourteen has even escalated it further. So me probably like many others re-downloaded it. Uh, I played it yesterday quite a bit actually with a couple friends. Had a blast. Uh, it's in a really really good place. It's got uh, multiple modes now, multiple maps, a lot of different heroes. Um, it's just a lot of fun. So if you're one of those people like me who played Apex early on, haven't played it in a while, um, it, it's a great time to to dive back in and check it out. So just throw that out there. I can add Dave, nothing, Ains. I'm sorry. Dave, don't have to. Don't have to. <laughs> just figured I'd mention it. Dan, yeah, do you have anything cool. besides muffins or Hitmans? No. That's all I've been playing. <laughs> I just would like to shout out my 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 hubris for jumping into the elusive target and failing it for the first time in two years. Uh, if you don't know, elusive targets, they come around about once every couple months. or once a month, or once or twice once. Months. Yeah, you get one time to do it. Now, there are ways around that, but I, I don't ever take them. I, uh, uh, the new map gave us a Molotov cocktail, so I thought, okay, this is what I'm, I'm going to use this somehow. Uh, I tried to place it nicely on the ground in uh, order to shoot it later. Uh, I instead threw it at the wall right in front of me, and uh, caught on fire. Also, killing an innocent bus boy, one of the two targets that were in there, uh, and I think maybe a couch. Uh, so, my bad. Uh, but so now, you the every, one. Yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, <laughs> now, every time you boot it up, uh, the first thing you see is you know Hitman, then elusive target with a big giant failed sign at the bottom. Uh, it's really, I like that actually. That's yeah, awesome. It's, yeah. It's really, Dude, the really elusive kinda, target yeah. thing is so cool in Hitman. It it's like. Fun. Cause it, it honestly, I get nervous about it. Like you only get one attempt and if you yeah. fail it, you're, you just, they do not let you try it again. And yeah. and I don't know any of the workarounds Dan's talking about, but like basically what you have to do is close <laughs> the game out. With satellite. You would, you, you would, you would close the game out. You go to your, like your menu, your hub, whatever your, your home screen, close the game from there. And it won't record that you did it as long as you didn't die. Uh, or uh, you know, basically it, if you haven't died, like if you fail one of the objectives, or something you can still close it out and go back through it just quit the game and relaunch yeah it. basically quit you gotta quit yeah you gotta relaunch the whole game so but you've succeeded you've succeeded at every elusive that they've released dan before now yes now now it's it hasn't been pretty you know but a lot of them <laughs> they've released in the last two years have been uh kind of rehashes uh they've okay. only done very few for the hitman 3 uh like they have the elusive target arcade those are fun because you know I, I didn't I thought they would be kind of boring, but they actually add kind of like a twist to every group of people. It's like usually three targets, uh, but you might, you know, your your costume that you're wearing might get spotted more by other people, or they have like a like a little twist and everything, uh, or you can only have a, a restricted loadout or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, at this point, when they come around now, I know how to do them. Uh, this one that came out, it was uh, it's called the Ex Dictators, and there's two people. It's this uh, dictator and his wife, and uh, I hadn't played it for about. It's been a long time since they've let that one come out, so I'm hoping they add it to the arcade so I can redeem myself. Uh, because right now, it's really punch <laughs> in the gut, man. man it's tough. I said maybe that's the wake up call you needed to to get to a different game. Yeah, and then I brought up <laughs> Anthem, and then. The conversation died. So that was <laughs> what happened. Oh. All right. All right. Um, okay. 
So Travis, I did. We didn't actually. You commented on everything, but you didn't say anything <laughs> specifically. Is there anything you wanted to mention in terms of currently playing? Yeah, I mean, I've I've played pretty much everything you guys have mentioned, uh, plus not Yakuza, and then you know I did Digimon Survive last week. Played yep. a ton of that. Uh, did Construction Simulator, which I had way more fun with than I thought. And now I'm working on a, a preview that'll probably go live sometime next week or the week after cool. that I can talk about. But yeah, just keeping busy doing stuff. Well, how mysterious you always are. <laughs> <laughs> Embargoes, you know, NDAs. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. All right. We will uh, move on then. Uh, so, guys, we were just joking or we've joked a couple times about uh, delays, obviously, and major games and guessing when they were landing. And, of course, we got what we expected and Hope <laughs> nailed it last week that Hogwarts, or should we call it Hogwarts Legacy, has been delayed officially. So uh, delayed out of holiday 2022 to specifically February 10th. So really, if we were thinking early December, only about an eight-week delay here, um, which Don't is... It. Don't make a joke about Hogwarts. <laughs> well, if you missed it, the reason I said that, uh, Hogan and I were joking about that, is that Nibel, who's pretty well known on Twitter for game news, he actually called it hogwarts legacy when he posted about the delay so i was trying to figure that out because the e is nowhere near i you know i'm, I'm like huh that's weird i wonder if you're a follower <laughs> <laughs> so uh february 10th is the new date for pc xbox and playstation consoles funny enough they said the switch is now to oh TV. yeah so they didn't even give a date <laughs> yeah uh which was weird right because it was supposed to launch on everything so uh, if you're familiar with the Switch lineup and some of these bigger kind of AAA scope games, they may be doing the whole cloud release on this one. I don't know. Uh, if they haven't done it before, they might be ha having a snag. I don't, exactly. I don't think there's a WB one that's been cloud-based on Switch. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, And this is port key games. It's not a small development team, but they are, you know, you're not talking about one of your premier studios, but this game seems to have a big scope, right? I mean, they've been working on this game for a long, long time now. When if you haven't uh, watched the trailer hits numbers, I mean Hogwarts Legacy is is right in the slot to be one of the biggest games of the year. Yeah, whatever year, whatever year it releases in. Yeah. Um, yep. So so they want to get it right. Don't uh, screw it up. Yeah, I think that's they finally said don't screw it up. And also, yep. you look at the sales like February or late January has become a place where you can sell just fine, big time, big like, time. That's that's where Horizon Forbidden West launched. That's where other you know major releases, Resident Evil Two. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, they're all Eld in those. Elden Ring. Elden, some game called Elden Ring. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're all in that kind of slot. So if you're not coming in in a place where you are happy with the quality, then there's no reason, especially December. Like you say, you say early December. It, it felt like when you say holiday and you're like, really, uh, uh, you're not saying anything. I'm like mid, you're like leaning right in as close to Christmas as possible. Uh, and I think that you're not making the benefits that you want from that window anyway. Uh, that you aim for that November release. If you're that far into December, you might as well do January, February, especially if it isn't coming together uh, for you. So that's why, you know, last week I said, nah, 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 nah. This is not, it's going to be January, February. I, I don't know about you guys. Maybe this is anecdotal, but I, in today's marketplace, right? It used to be, you've got to land in the fourth quarter for Christmas. You know, we know yeah. the, old, the old montage of going to the store and buying games. In today's market, it honestly feels like February or kind of that first quarter releases are bigger than very late release. Like if you hit in November, good. Um, we've seen some December releases in the past couple of years, which really haven't landed well. Um, Immortals. Immortals is a December 8th release. 
right? And, uh, you know, it's it just doesn't... By it the doesn't, way, it's Gods and Monsters. This immortal's name has got to go. It's Gods and Monsters. Where I, Gods and Monsters is such a great title, and I agree <laughs> with you. Uh, but, uh, yes, Immortals, is, especially with the Phoenix misspelled rising, as the subtitle sounds like a failed 1990s Fox Saturday morning cartoon show. Uh, but, yeah. No, it... Yeah. I don't hit don't try to hit that window if it's not coming in. It'll be great in February. I'm looking forward to it. And honestly, like the fall winter of 2022 has just been scrubbed in its entirety. So <laughs> just just it, we're just moving on. Play Arcade Paradise, play Elder Scrolls Online, catch up with your Xenoblade Chronicles 3 save that's still going when December rolls around. Uh, <laughs> you know, in, enjoy yourself. Uh, without the pressures of of the fall, and you'll still get a Pokemon game. Um, you know, you'll still have if you're into it, Modern Warfare again, yeah, again, Modern Warfare again, again, um, and uh, you know, it, there's there's games coming out, but and people are excited about Saints Row. Who knows? And, and play Elden Ring. I mean, that's really all you need. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's there. <laughs> um, I tried it twice. By the way, I told you when I last tried it that they de they definitely added in a lot more handholding. <laughs> they did add some yeah, some yeah. quality of life things for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, I know we've said before that this one just felt like it would be awesome to land around Christmas time, but it's the game is obviously more important, right? You got to make sure that this game uh, there is from again, anecdotally, I keep saying that, but you know, just from the gaming community that I see, there's a lot of hype for this game. Um, and I mm -hmm. think if it lands properly and without a lot of bugs and it has a good experience, all the things you expect out of a game of this size, uh, this is going to be a huge, huge win for WB and Port Key Games as a developer. So absolutely take your time and get it right. So, yeah, but there you go. The funny thing, I don't know about you guys, is we, we keep seeing all these major delays to 2023, right? We've seen tons of them now. And people are now saying, well, 2023 is going to be incredible. And it's like you realize that there's going to be delays from 2023 yeah, to, exactly. to 2024, right? Like not everything's going to land all in 2023. All the games for fall 2023 are going to get delayed. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, I will say that my, my only thing I have to contribute to this is it's really weird seeing uh, my old buddy from my, my beat, my, my, uh, my games as a service beat who I went to like every destiny event with for like six years uh doing the announcement of the delay for hogwarts legacy my buddy chandler who uh was the guy doing the video if you guys watched the video where they said or there's a guy walking on the rooftop saying like oh we're delaying the game that was my friend chandler who nice uh, i've hung out with for, when back when he was a games journalist so it's pretty funny that's good i have to call out our chat immortals definitely came out in december sorry chat <laughs> oh, oh tal nice. immortals was october all right, it, you guys. It was not your memories of buying it at Thanksgiving are wrong. <laughs> I'm very sorry. It's a Berenstein Bears situation. It's not out until December. I don't. I don't remember honestly. I, I think yeah, he reviewed it. Oh, uh, hey, I'm, could be. I'm just kidding. I don't think. I don't think Tao has that kind of access. <laughs> Ains, what, what's you the don't know. I don't know. Games, by the way, we did skip the biggest game in Hogue House this week. We don't have to talk about it a lot, but Two Point Campus came out this week. Oh yeah, I played game that. Big really strategy good. game, Two Point Hospital, one of the favorites here in Hogue House, Two Point Campus, more of that, but obviously with a different bent towards educating college students rather than curing them. Um, highly recommended. You can check it out on Xbox. You can check it out on PC. First of all, educating kids is curing them, okay? Of the disease of ignorance? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, my question about Hogue Household is, 
when <laughs> kids are when kids are playing i'm playing it right now she's so. playing it right Amazing. now <laughs> there you go. uh it's a fantastic game uh when they're playing that are you playing like xeno on the switch or is the switch dominated by the kids because that's sort of that's the problem right Right. So we only have the one Switch because I had planned to get more Switches whenever they announced to Pro and they've kept me wanting. Uh, but for the most part, I have been playing Xenoblade in the mornings before they get up. Um, and then otherwise, to the extent I have time, because I'm not playing as much as I would like, uh, I am playing in the Xbox PlayStation area. So that's what, you know, uh, Arcade Paradise was on. Uh, I play Two Point Campus on the Xbox while my wife plays it on her PC um so i'm trying to race her i'm down about six levels already i think uh, so we're probably not going to win that race uh but yeah uh it anyway it's excellent two points of special studio the inheritors of the bullfrog legacy highly recommended cool very cool. cool game. all right uh and i know you guys want to talk about this one so i'll set it up and then you can knock them down for me so we got the uh Splatoon 3 Direct this week, uh, you know, kind of the full presentation from Nintendo about Splatoon, Splatoon 3, 3, which comes out in less than a month now. Um, so I'll run through these bullet points. <laughs> you watch so, that director, she's like, it's still so long, I wish it were September 9th. <laughs> so uh, this takes place in Splatsville. Uh, Turf War is still the main attraction, uh, except for there are, it's going to launch with 12 different maps, which is cool. Uh, there's new movement and and stages, obviously, but new abilities that you can do while playing this. Uh, there are splat fests, which are split into two halves now. The first is turf war. The second is going to be a new four v two v two match. Uh, so with three teams, um, and that's actually going to begin on August 27th, even before launch occurs. Uh, well, there'll be so data. I, okay, yeah, they, yeah. They, exactly. they do that. They do that one day of we check our servers. Nintendo does that on all their online games. Yep. Yep. So that's August 27th. Uh, they talked a little bit about Salmon Run. They talked about story mode. Uh, they did mention that there are going to be free additional maps and customization elements uh, and DLC, and there will be paid DLC as well. Uh, and that character customization is more extensive than in the past. So you've got modern kind of multiplayer things like banners and titles and icons and avatars and all that kind of stuff as well. So and um, there you go. So uh, I will stop talking there because I'm at the end of my Splatoon knowledge, and uh, let you That's guys more take than it away. mine. What? <laughs> You're not journeying into the Splatlands? Oh, Come we're on, pumped man. at Hogue House. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what's funny, Ames, is you always talk about how Nintendo doesn't have any online games, and then you yeah. don't play the ones that they're serving up, which are quite uh, good and super original and unique, and, and actually work well online. Yeah, I'm, I may try this one. I did try Splatoon 2. It didn't get me, but I'll try this one. Um, you know, I'll jump in party chat with friends and play it. Yeah, you should mobile, you should review it. <laughs> should review it. No, yeah, because then that. you'll be forced to play the whole campaign and at least like, you'll, you know, you'll play the campaign. Play. You'll get your your beak wet with some turf war before you advance to the more ranked modes. Because which really squids spike have up a beaks. Bit. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, hope. Well, you can be I'm, I'm just backing link. you up. I'm backing you up. I'm, I'm you. your hype man. Yeah. Well, this is it, a hype man. Well, understand <laughs> that half of Splatoon is like fashion and being hip, and they spent like ten minutes of the yeah. Splatoon direct being like, check out these cool shades and socks and shoes That's right. and shirts. Uh, and, <laughs> and uh, all, no this, all this stuff. <laughs> 
he's like a rap battle hype man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oof. Uh, yeah, no. So it's uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of cool stuff uh, from the sounds of things. All of the campaigns in Splatoon are cool. Uh, they're a little bit underrated, in my opinion, for the cool kind of aspects that they have of of puzzling and environmental puzzle solving. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest criticism you can levy at it is that it looks like Splatoon Two Plus. You know, it, it's it's Splatoon Two again. Uh, and I think people have probably rightly said online, why why are we not doing a content approach to this? <laughs> um, and uh, Nintendo walks to the beat of its own Nintendo drummer. Uh, I and I am very excited about Splatoon 3. My daughter is over the moon for it. She really honestly thinks that September 9th sounds like it's 6,000 years away. <laughs> uh, she collapsed onto the floor and pretended to play dead when she was once again reminded of the date. Um, so we're not watching any more Splatoon content before it's actually available. Play dead. That's yes. Interesting. <laughs> I think you mean play. He's got it as like a double negative. His his <laughs> wheel. Yeah. Well, if you're playing it, well, I don't understand. Uh, yes, I'll I'll introduce you to my daughter sometime, Travis. It'd be great. I want. Yeah, that's gotta happen yeah. for sure. But uh, Splatoon I like, three. I feel like we have similar attitudes towards Splatoon. We both collapse on the ground. <laughs> yes. but do you slide off the chair like you have just started to melt uh as a as gumby yes exactly <laughs> you nailed it that's the look there you go uh, so, no, it's a, it was a very cool direct it was a very long one i think it was 31 yeah. minutes something like yeah. that um and uh, they, they got the salmon run they got the levels I, you say 12 i think it's like six are redos um so i think it's six and six okay uh, yeah yeah 12 I, total yep. yeah and uh, it'll be it'll be a great time. Splatoon is a fun game. Uh, Turf War is fun, uh, and it doesn't. It is it is both complex and very approachable. I, Nintendo is magic at that. Um, that my my daughter, who is now ten, has been playing Splatoon for years. Um, and honestly, I was I started being like, I don't know if I want to put you in an online game because I don't want I don't feel guilty about throwing you in in something that's team based and these kinds mm. of things. It took her like. A few a few weeks maybe to get the top score on like every team she played for. And I was like, all right. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. So well, there's soon three. Yeah. And then I, the last thing I will say is there is a Splatana. And my oldest daughter is also very excited about the notion of a paint sword um, that she can hit people with. All right. <laughs> Thank you. This nice. has been my TED Talk. <laughs> Travis? I was just going to say Splatoon is a franchise that I think Nintendo could very much benefit from from starting to think about a game as a service model, uh, which surprisingly they've done for some of their games like Mario Kart, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, you know, where they're they're doing content and, and supporting the game afterward and then just re-releasing it on every device they have. Um, and it's interesting to me that Splatoon 3 has a, you know, space balls to the search for more money type of uh type of vibe to it you know uh, where it sort of makes you wonder why it's coming out so hopefully they're going to add a game as a service model and make this you know the last uh mainline splatoon for a while until until it makes sense to do another one because uh it's it's weird it's weird that uh, that, that it is a, a sequel. Some games do that, right? Like there's like Left 4 Dead and then Left 4 Dead 2. And even back then when con game as a service wasn't really a thing, I was like, why? why DLC? Yeah, I mean, there, like, some games you know do I mean? that. Like, weird. Like there's something yeah. like Fate or, uh, oh, it's Destiny. 
There's a Destiny 2. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, weird. No, Destiny 2 is a great example because it is a game as a service model and got a sequel, but that was a very much Activision pushed kind of product. Like, you got to come out with a retail game. So, um, it's my favorite bit of the Activision relationship is the cover to Destiny 2, the original one, which is like three Call of Duty people. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh uh, that's not the vibe. Terrible brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- that uh, that is a, a lesson learned but it's also an interesting conversation because some games as a service game when they when they are a service for long enough their player base eventually starts to go down and then you almost need a sequel just to revitalize it if you're going to continue going some games do that some games are like, like rocket league and they'll just never need it you know what i mean and, right like if you were like watching over something if if you were if you were looking at something from a high position, if you were in an Overwatch, Overwatch yeah. kind of thing, <laughs> you might try to revitalize exactly right. your game with a sequel. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. To me, I um, think it makes sense to just like keep a game alive until the technology means that you can no longer keep that engine up, and then it's like, oh, all right, yeah. time to time to keep doing it. Like there will be a Destiny three, I think, or there'll be some sort of sequel because oh, Destiny that 2, next one is called Destiny. That next one is called Destiny. A hundred thousand percent. <laughs> i don't know man a lot of people thought that destiny mm-hmm. 2 would never be the name of a game because it sounds so stupid and here we are now it's been around for longer than <laughs> it's, like, it's like final so. fantasy 2 like what the hell right but no one calls uh, it destiny right. 2 they just call it destiny exactly yeah, yeah. and it, it's yeah there's also interesting no, they're wheeling it back. Conversation it's gonna be yeah. like all caps or some different font selection it'll be destiny the next iteration <laughs> is destiny yeah. Anyway, Splatoon is the next Destiny. I think we can all agree. The next Destiny. Game <laughs> I, I haven't even ever thought of it as a games as a service, Travis. But you are so right. Like they have everything that you need in terms of your third person. It has those visuals. It already has like the slots that you're trying to kit your character out with. Uh, it could absolutely support a battle pass and like the occasional level. Yep. Um, and one hundred percent. That's the. I can't thing. believe they're launching this without a battle pass. They would make market. so much more money. So they're using their, uh, if you you did see in the direct, you skipped it, uh, but they're using what they're calling catalogs, which is the same as their uh, Nintendo Switch sports concept, which is to keep engagement up. They will have things that are only available for that specific window of time uh, that you can earn this kit. uh, And then they will have, they will, they will then progress to the next catalog. So that they've they Nintendo is grappling with notions of making sure you keep engagement up. Yeah. But it's a little bit question mark, question mark, question marky of okay, engagement is good, but 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 then you monetize them. Like that's 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 the that's how this works, Nintendo. I don't <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever. It also allows you to do really cool things like not sell your game for sixty dollars, right? Like if they <laughs> yes. incorporated battle passes, they could provide content to their players for free going forward and you know apex legends is a is a dream of a game that is zero dollars and you can you can have never spent a penny on it if you didn't want to so i don't know people are people like to to crap on games as a service but there are some very very strong arguments for accessibility and longevity and all that stuff that i think splatoon could absolutely benefit from now that they've got a core game that we know works and they've got three iterations to try it. And I think this is the platform to just build upon. Um, so hopefully they okay. do that. Well, yeah. And to the, just to further that point, cause I see Joe in the chat said, uh, he, he, he has essentially said he doesn't like battle passes. And I would say that there's a, there's a broad range of success and failures with battle passes. Uh, apex is a great example of that. I was playing yesterday with uh, a bloody who stops by sometimes 
And he bought the battle pass in season one of Apex, right? And it's one of the battle passes where if you finish it, you get your money back in full, right? You get all ten dollars back. I like. Yeah. Uh, he has every single battle pass complete and has not bought one since day one. Um, oh, it's me on Fortnite. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that that's and along the way, of course, has unlocked tons of cosmetics and customizations and everything else just for playing. To Hoag's point, you keep engagement up because there is a direct valuation of engagement to dollars spent, uh, even if you're offering the battle pass at a long-term refund of your money spent. You're going to get additional money somehow, typically. That's what they rely on, of a percentage of your players. So, um, but, you know, there there's... Some games that do it well. There's some games that don't. We know that. We've had that conversation, all of us, Halo. many, many times. <clears throat> Sorry. Halo does give your money back as well, by the way. Uh, uh, that, yes, uh, as of as of uh, a fairly strenuous outpouring of uh, concern for the. That's true. That's, that's true. They didn't launch with it, but yeah, that's good but, though. That's the 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 thing about a game games as a service that is bad is not uh, a negative response to what you do. It is no response to what you do. Travis, I'm entirely in favor of being responsive to the concerns. I just, I wish, I wish people wouldn't come out with this will work. It's like, what, who is, who's your advisor? That Halo original battle pass system was, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it was, it was weird. so weird that like everything was so polished and then the economy was so bad, which usually in games of the service is the one thing they always get right. They put like all their effort into making the, the monetization, like just they forget to make wild. a game. I was like, I was like, I was like, this is like terrible. Like the, the system that you built for this. It's like, I want to keep playing and your game. Isn't giving me enough reasons to do it. Like that's (laughs) insane for a game as a service game, but they're learning, man. Yeah. They're learning. Platoon three folks. We're going to get Ains on board. We are going to be the fearsome foursome. We're going to rock up ranked. I'll I'll buy it. If Dan buys it. Nope. See, oh, no, I know have... there is no way that I mean, that's an unrealistic expect. You know, don't don't come and say that. You know, I don't play multiplayer <laughs> game. It has a story it. mode. It has a story. Yeah. mode. Somebody uh, it, it does. It has a campaign. It, it has yeah. levels like a Mario. There you go. There you go. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Um, Eric says, all if Ains buys Splatoon 3, I'll buy it. Oh, here we go. We're going to get on. There this you go. Now, yeah, you guys. Train. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's going to have to buy it because he has kids. So welcome yeah. aboard, Dan. That's. Yeah. No. That's right, chat. Get Ains. Peer pressure is good. Convince yeah. him to purchase Splatoon I'll, 3. You know I'll probably buy it and try it. I Yeah, it'll happen. Provide um, as they release a special edition. Man, I'll be lucky if I don't have to buy every Amiibo that they release for the damn thing. Yes, they showed those <laughs> as well. This is a Splatoon household. <laughs> Stingray says, if Game Positive buys it, I'll buy it. <laughs> We're Game Positive says, if Ains buys it, I'll buy it. So there's a domino effect here that's yeah. all hinging or on. Or a recursive loop, depending on where we go with this. It's true. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. We'll see where it yeah. Pompa did point out uh to be fair back to Halo in that Halo is one of the only games right now where your battle pass never expires. So you Right, right. You were buying it. content with your hard-earned cash money and you just weren't getting it on a predefined term. Uh it wasn't a battle pass. It was just you not getting what you purchased for a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So but Which is I, all I, battle passes, except for some of them you never get. You can no, because a battle pass them. actually is a season and it's temporal and it's like buying a ticket to Disney World. If it never expires and we just don't give it to you and you can't earn your money back, all you really did was buy a satchel of cosmetics that you don't get until an arbitrary point in time in the future. Yeah. It's an interesting thought because like, I'm in favor of what they did because 
I get the FOMO of, dude, I have to finish the battle pass now. I have to play this game more than I want. And now I can just buy the season pass. And then later when I'm on like a, a binge, I can catch up on like two or three season passes yeah. in a row. Yeah. And so it feels you never better. Yeah. That cosmetic otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's an interesting point. Hogue. Like I, yeah, I, I, I could see why people wouldn't like that, but also battle passes in general, or if you're buying one, you're kind of, I mean, you're just trying to support the game. That's how I view it. It's like, oh, I've that's just what I do. I have a ton of battle pass I've never finished. Cause well, I mean, like I said, with Fortnite, right? So I've only ever ridden my $9.50 from three years ago <laughs> through the battle passes. Uh, but I feel guilty about that. Um, and so occasionally, if I feel like I've really been enjoying the season or I played it a lot, I will go and I will find their like, whatever their get a bonus amount of V bucks for five ninety nine is uh, kind of package deal, and I will throw them the six dollars because God knows Epic Games needs it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I you know it's like you've given me so much this season, I haven't paid you in three years. I will I'll buy your spacesuit, man. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yep. Guilt. Uh, guilt purchase. I spent $35 on Master Chief and Marcus Phoenix skins. I have not played the game once since. In Fortnite? In Fortnite. Haven't so played you're one. both supporting Epic and Microsoft's royalties. So you gotta, you gotta I haven't vote. played Fortnite since I reviewed it, and it did not have a Battle Royale mode. Yeah. Top. Yeah, you didn't review Fortnite. Circuit Save the World. Is what I reviewed Fortnite. Fortnite, okay? You can find yeah. my review. Well, what's funny is Save the World is still pretty generous with V-Bucks. Like, people could actually go and run their economy through that if they wanted to, uh, yeah. but not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's catch up on a few Super Chats here. I'm going to go out of order, just topical here. All right. Tao with a $10 Super Chat. Thank you, sir. Splatoon is a good entry point for kids and shooters. My niece started there and plays Fortnite, Apex, and uh, any other she wants to play uh, and handles her own. Still trying to get her into Indie slash Rose. Good <laughs> luck. Nice tell. Yeah, it sounds good. Man. Great. Um, yeah. yeah. So, thank you very it's much, fantastic. sir. Appreciate you. All right, Geo. Geo, just the main story of Final Fantasy 14. Still hooked. It feels in a lot of open world games. The timing of the main story struggles by many side quests. What is for you more important, story or freedom? Ooh, and this will tie into our big topic we're about to get to. So yeah, it's the hardest yeah. thing in the world to balance. We can talk about it. Yeah. yeah, very tough. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll ex- we haven't even gotten into it. I know, I know. We'll expound upon this shortly. Gio is uh, always surprised at how much we can just talk about nonsense <laughs> every single time. And Travis and I try to say, Ains, we'll be fine on the nonsense. Yeah, uh, but and then I bring up the definition of an indie game in five minutes into the we show to start and us derails out. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gio. We'll cover that more, like we said, in just a moment. And I always have go. a breaking case of emergency Star Wars reference just ready to go. And yeah, yeah. In case you run out of content, <laughs> we just, we just <laughs> say Gecko, uh, back on the Hogwarts. Um, yeah, changes of Hogwarts chances. cyberpunking or chance chances. Yeah, it's okay. got to be chances. I was like, I okay, thought yeah. it was a code oh. phrase. Yeah, for a second, I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. Chances of Hogwarts cyberpunking. Near zero. No way. In, uh, not even going to happen. Near zero. That's a, I, think, I, think, I, I, I mean, think come on fun. now. This is this is not like... You think oh, they're going to release it busted? No way. I mean, I just... I, I, I'll i be honest. I, I'm super hyped for this game. I really hope it's good, especially since I have a friend that's working on it. But uh, that trailer, it made me scared. Some of the stuff it's so, that you because it's so aspirational. Them? But but I 
there's no some of the stuff i think didn't look like it worked properly like i mean i think that's probably why i got delayed right like when they were broom writing the the stuff i saw from there i was like ooh, this is a little you know i I think it's far more likely that the trailers and the mood of openness and live your life as a hogwarts student and that fantasy is more carefully controlled and video gamified in the final product that's the that's the bigger risk i think than what they showed than them actually releasing a busted open like like super open world i suspect it's more narrowly tailored than what they have pitched which is fine with me i'm used to video games but they're they're run, they do run the risk of having written a very large check to the people that's why it's 30 million views on their trailer and things like that and I, I would be concerned if I were internal and being like, uh, you know, this is this is what classes actually are. This is how our plot actually works. This is how levels actually yeah. happen um, than uh, than that, because their marketing did fantastically. But now now you have to actually cash that check. Um, yeah, so that's I, my, I think that's my I, bigger concern there. I think I agree. It's more likely that it's probably underwhelming than actually broken. But I, I guess you, it's sort of a hard guess just because you can never you never really know how, what state a game is in unless you're in the studio or you have some sort of early access and none of us do. So, well, I'll tell you what uh, I will agree with though. Yeah. They have definitely found themselves in the cyberpunk zone that the, the people imagining that, that, that filling in what the game is in their fantasies, you're going to live in night city and experience the life of a cyberpunk person and all this kind of stuff. Like Hogwarts legacy is at least in the conversations I've had finding that kind of cachet in people's heads and you do run that risk of like oh it's a game yeah it's a a video game i like that we've determined it's either going to be unfulfilling or broken (laughs) well i've always thought they they oversold it a little bit uh but i'm still all in i think this is going to be fantastic but i doubt that it is as big as it looks in their marketing agree We'll see though if it it, honestly were the skeptics because we've seen it and like you know we don't watch a trailer and go oh yeah this is gonna i believe everything and more that they told me in the trailer but also they could surprise us yes i mean if it it ends up if it ends up having all the hopes and dreams contained in it that we have which obviously Mm -hmm. seems like the 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 goal of the people making the game just based on the docu the video documentary they they put out um i i mean that could it could be a huge game changer man it's your sure I never underestimate it. Yeah. One to Hoke's point, right? The risk you you've run here, they've already run. They're not risk. They're already running this risk. Is that uh, kind of the zeitgeist around how people think of an IP that is so beloved, and and each person has an independent, specific reason or or why that they love Harry Potter and that universe and Hogwarts and everything to do with it, and the way they're selling it to Hoke's point is that you are now going to get to do that right you're going to get to go to hogwarts and be a student and learn spells and be a school and do all this and that is a very different expectation for every person that plays this game uh and the the odds of them being able to achieve all those things is next to zero right well they got here's the classes here's your student here's your hall you can pick your house and then not even stopping there which maybe i could understand it's like oh also the world Here's here's Hogsmeade. Here's dungeons. Here you're flying off into the distance. It's like what 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 didn't you build here? What are we looking at? What's the scope? Uh, so it's um I, it's a tremendous their PR their marketing. I, you know I do a lot of time uh, saying hey this sucked as messaging or this was a bad ad or like we didn't even bring up Forspoken's big run in with journalism this week. Uh, <laughs> but 
Like it, it, everything that Hogwarts Legacy has shown is magnificent. And now you've, you, you good luck, right? Yeah. So I do think WB <clears throat> understands that. I do think they understand that that's the check they've written. And that's why I thought a delay was pretty much inevitable. So hopefully February is enough time. Uh, but I, I think they understand they don't want to release Cyberpunk. And Cyberpunk has taught that to the industry for the last couple of years. It has. We'll, forget, yeah. we'll forget it again in another couple. But for this window, people <laughs> don't want to be cyberpunked. Yeah. That's right. And like I said, that become a verb. Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're living in a post-cyberpunk world, which is weird to say, but it's just it's it, you know, shout out one to Gecko for making that a verb, and then shout out to CDPR for basically you know making most gamers now jaded about giant release games. And you know, I mean and that's fine, but damn man, I mean, there is no way this game does this bad. I mean, and, and Cyberpunk didn't even do bad. It, it sold so much right at launch. You know, I mean, it just was was bad. You know, it had bugs, I mean, it, it, had, it had issues, right? It's not but, ideal. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it really, you know, it's just damn. I, I just can't, I can't see it happening. I, just, I can't see this game failing. Only, you know, based number one on the IP itself. I mean, it's going to sell like crazy. And then, you know, the delay hopefully is good. I mean, I'm, I have no idea what's going to happen. I just, I don't even like to speculate because at this point, who the hell knows? You know, <laughs> I thought Cyberpunk was going to be this game that released in like mint condition, you know, that was, you know, based on what they showed in some of those, you know, like the 45 minute trailer, like this is incredible, you know, and then we get some of it, you know, and there, there, there's, there's still stuff that's, you know, not in the game that was promised to be in the game that modders have actually put in the game because some of those files are still there. And they've come back and found that stuff, you know, like uh, different kinds of, you know, cosmetics for your cars and, and different kinds of, you know, being able to upgrade certain other things. You know, that's all there. They, they've found these files and they've gone through and done it. And, you know, just people at home, you know. Well, look at what great. this release did, though. I mean, like they haven't substantively done anything in two years. No. Right. Like, no, I mean, it's, it's going to go December 2020 to August 2024. Hey. They, they made an announcements. They did the Bioware. Remember? Remember our good things? Yeah. It is what so, it I mean, is. They, they, they pulled the full-on Bioware. Ooh, Dragon Age someday. Okay, fantastic company. I'm very thrilled for you. <laughs> uh, Dan, but, you'd, you'd be a good Hagrid, you know? Yeah. Talking about casting options. Oh, right. Okay, then, we have other Hollywood. So Hagrid and Dobby, we're ready to go. I'm again. Dobby? Yeah, okay. I was going to go with Malfoy, but yeah. <laughs> I got so many socks. Like, <laughs> this is going to be great. Dan will just start sending you socks in the mail. It'll yep. be great. Well, yeah, but no, I, he already does that. It's yeah. been really yeah, weird. Yeah. I would I would have Starfield much higher on my list of potential cyberpunkings. Uh, than, oh, that's yeah. what RJH just said. That's scared as a trailer for Starfield. Um, so that's a whole nother discussion. But not to stay on cyberpunk, but it just occurred to me as you guys were talking, and, and I know we've talked, everyone's talked about cyberpunk endlessly. But we talk about uh, it, it spearing the company, basically, as you noted, Hogue. Uh, obviously the reputation and everything else that goes that we've talked about forever, but it is crazy that a game can come out, release 14 million or sell 14 million copies in a month, uh, be an 87% on Metacritic. I just double checked it. It's an 87 on Metacritic and blow up a company that, that shows you how big the expectations for that game were. Um, mm -hmm. which is just, it's wild to think about. Well, they I, I also think man. they got unlucky. That's my personal opinion. Is that they they came that game came out right when the new generation of consoles was coming out. No one had them, 
those were the con- the consoles where the game worked and everyone bought them on consoles that the game was not optimized for. And I think that Cyberpunk th- did not think that people would be mostly playing on those. And it turned out everyone was playing on those tens of millions. It was a perfect and, storm of events. And reviewers were not playing on those consoles. They were playing on n- n- the new gen of consoles or they were playing on PC and most players don't play on PC. So I, I honestly think Cyberpunk kind of just got really a bad roll of the dice and and the other thing that was moving against them was you know the the pandemic that uh meant that the consoles were even harder to get and that no one got them for even longer and it it, it really was a perfect storm man like of all the stuff right into that window though that release date was their seventh yep Um, yeah so i mean like they they did that to themselves and i played it on the series x uh and it was no great chase I also played on the Series X and had a similar experience, but yeah, it's it, it's just interesting to there's like people who played that game on PC and say it was one of their favorite games that year or their favorite game straight up. And then it's my favorite game yeah. that year, yeah, there you go. I played it on PC and <laughs> Series X at launch. I've reviewed it on both. Yeah, damn. Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't terrible on Series X when it came out. It on on Xbox One. It was oh my god, dude. I had multiple <laughs> crashes multiple hard crashes and a lot of broken quests on series x see and i played on series x i had one crash and nothing else other than bug little bugs like i've said before um Mm -hmm. cars coming out of the ground you know stuff like that you did Um, my favorite my favorite one is that the in the in the downtown is that they didn't they didn't frame their like driving pathways right so everybody would crash coming around (laughs) those corners it's like oh okay funny (laughs) All right. So speaking of, speaking of big scoped games, we're going to sit down now. Oh, Sushima. And, yeah. and we, <laughs> we uh, hopefully with the chat, you feel free to comment and join in here. We are going to sit down and, and attempt to design or define what our individual perfect game would be. Uh, so we're going to start with this and go uh, spec by spec and see what we come up with at the end. And if nothing else, uh, this will either be a great waste of time or a laugh uh, determining what each of us individually believe uh, are our favorite game experiences. And we've already told Dan ahead of time he cannot just say Hitman 3. That's out the window. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's basically what I'm at here. You're going to have to start fresh. I have some qualifying questions that are going to annoy you. May yes. everyone find a $60 yeah. purchase that gives you as much joy as Dan received from you. Hitman 3. I'm telling you. Yeah. Still going, baby. <laughs> and pedantic travis is on lockdown for this as well uh can he be locked but i have so many questions <laughs> pedantic <laughs> travis cannot be trammeled yeah i yeah i also I'm can't muted. I don't, there's muted muted you, don't get <laughs> uh, you need a graphic that goes with that yeah i do, yeah. I do. it's like yeah. it might as well just take me off the show if i can't be pedantic i don't have another <laughs> mode it's not like i turn it on i just this is me. Uh, That's the seasoning but, he brings to seasoned gaming. This is true. Yeah, there you go. It's a very disgusting flavor of seasoning. Yeah. Uh, it's like <laughs> new salt. So I, I just have a few qualifying questions. Number one, are we designing a game that could that could exist today? Or yes. is it... Yes. Yeah, so it has to be under current technology? Yes. Okay. Uh, is Are resources or money a concern? No. Mm. All right. When, when I say exist today, do I feasibly in terms of technology or like 
if I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to invent new technology, although that is certainly a path you could go down. But I'm talking about like memory and and storage and those sorts of concerns. Do I have to be concerned at all about no. current technical no. limitation? No. Okay, no. so then it couldn't exist today. So we're in the we're in between the no. He asked about budget. I'm asking about resources in terms of like this game is too big to fit on any of the consoles or any PCs. You know what no, I mean? He wants to ask if he can just say the Matrix, but with roller coasters. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, like, well, you can you you can you could stream it, Travis. There's unlimited cloud storage. In the Power world. the cloud, Travis. Power the cloud, buddy. Yeah, that's just, right. You know, Stadia's got you covered. Track down three Stadia. I'm coming at Stadia you. Had you covered. Perfect. Track down three's yeah. multiplayer. That's where we'll start. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's try to uh let, let, let's try to stay within the bounds of reality but maybe with a little bump travis what do you say sure. yeah. that yeah. sounds fair to me <laughs> i'm trying real hard <laughs> to not be dancing guys and i'm gonna explode <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know how every superhero has a weakness thought experiments are Travis's? They are. <laughs> I'm too robotic for this discussion. I really I, am. I consider myself robotic, and you put me to shame. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, all right. We need a. We need a. Uh, you know, uh, overloaded brain uh, graphic for Travis. Uh, something like this: smoke <laughs> coming out of a computer. A four uh, four <laughs> an error message for my brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, like we're not we're not at Ready Player One levels yet. Okay, all right. all right. Something that we could conceivably see ourselves playing within the next five years. Yes, that's fair. Um, so Maybe thought experiments for a living. <laughs> let's, do, uh, let's start with uh, kind of the core of the game and the scope of the game. Uh, okay. And again, this is more of a a favorite thing. Let's use the word favorite, yeah. right? Like your favorite aspects of of what you would consider in a modern kind of ideal game for you. Like I said, chat, feel free to, to chime in here. So the very first thing I put only because I felt it was worth calling out is, is there any world in which your ideal game would be a two-dimensional game instead of a 3D game? Absolutely not. And anybody that says otherwise is crazy. It's crazy. Out of their minds. I'm just going to put that. I don't even know why you put that on there. So my favorite game of all time is two-dimensional. I, I think it can be freeing in certain aspects and, and allow you to focus on what will undoubtedly be my highlight item, which is story. Um, to me, that's mostly resource-based. Like if we're not going to – if we're a sultan somewhere and we've got an unlimited money, I don't think you'd start with 2D um, in general. So uh, I would say no, I will not fight for 2D on this. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll move on. Calm right, down, thanks. Dan. Calm down. Um, that was my strongest argument. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, my wife is giving tutorials <laughs> on uh, Two Point Campus in the background here uh, in it. our in our chat. So love it, love it. All right. So, do you would you prefer something of an open experience, open world experience, exploratory, or do you want something that's more linear, where you're you're going along more of a defined path? So, ideally. So Travis's hard. head's gonna explode. Oh okay, man, so it's so I'm gonna, fun okay, to so I'm gonna answer the first question. I'm gonna say three-dimensional because 3D also contains the two-dimensional plane. Okay, so that's a that's a net gain. So yeah, 3D, 3D is gonna be my answer for that one. For uh open you know, world versus no to be clear, arcade paradise, one of my favorite things that it is doing is it is 3D modeling the arcade machine and playing the 2D game on it. So that you can exactly. get you can get reflections. You can actually zoom in and see the pixels of the 3D 
thing being applied. So, so. 2D is a limiter because 3D test. can contain 2D. So yeah. I'm going to say 3D for my choice of, of style. <laughs> okay. And then for, and the, for these are these are guiding questions, Travis. Shh, shh. Okay, for linear versus open world, I'm going to say open world because here's my here's my logic. Here's my logic. Linear is a is a is a constraint of the fact that when you focus, you have the ability to do certain things better that open world takes away from because of today's current technology. So in an ideal world, you would have all the advantages of an open world. But when then you're doing story stuff, it would be like a linear you would get the linear level quality experience. Does that make sense? So you like it's good because that's what Halo Infinite attempted to do, right? It gave you an open world, but each mission was the linear Halo level. What's Red Dead Redemption play. 2? I mean, it's, it's an Red open Red world game that has a linear story. Similar. I, mean, it's, it's I don't know what. I, I, was, I was in story. wild agreement with Travis until you mentioned Halo Infinite and Red Dead Redemption 2. And now I'm <laughs> rethinking my life. Two games he doesn't like. I, yeah, I mean, it depends how you define it, right? In right, terms yeah. of linear, because the reason linear I mentioned story. Halo is it, it's a semi-open world, right? We can go do, but once you start a mission, right, the you actually will go into level design that is linear. It's designed in a way, it's progression-based. So Red Dead 2 is kind of have those walls up, but not really, because you, you still have access to the whole open world during your missions. You can still go around you do and do not, that. sir. Objection. <laughs> you get freaking kicked out of a mission if you walk two steps to the left, and they didn't True. like it. Yep. Uh, no, it's it's 100%. Oh, yes, you do. not fight me on this. It is my <laughs> biggest criticism of the game. It's like okay. you'll be looking at a burning house, and you say, I wonder what's around the back. Maybe I could go around the back. You step two left. Failed. Start again. Okay. Okay. We need you to walk up. <laughs> but I, yeah. th I think ideally, right, it's like you get the – the linear experience of like the last of us with the open world and like freeing experience of, you know, any open pick, insert your favorite open world game here. Yeah, but uh, see is, here is We're going to get into the classical fight here because would an, would an open world add anything to the last of us? And I would argue that it doesn't, right? You talk about something like mafia. Does an open world add anything to that game? I would offer that it doesn't. Um, and so I don't want to have an open world for no point. I, well, I would add right? I mean, uh, it, it, obviously, The Last of Us wouldn't make sense because they didn't build the game around that. But if if you took your best, your favorite open world game and a world you genuinely enjoy being a part of, let's say like a Xenoblade type game, and then you layered on top of it like a super uh, high quality story that didn't feel like it lost anything because of the open world existing, then I think you. Yes, if you, you assume you could, that I'm you wrong, I am in fact wrong. But like the premise that I'm saying is that the open world tends to take away from that, right? So if, if we're talking about optimal approaches, I don't think you can actually say, let's assume there's an open world and then let's also assume that it doesn't take away anything. For a game like Last of Us, which is designed around suspense and propulsion, I think the open world would undoubtedly take away something from that kind of approach. I think it takes away something from the way they implemented it in Last of Us Part Two, to be frank. Um, and so I think that you can't just assume... Let's assume it works. That's fine. But in terms of this conversation, I don't know that an open world would be beneficial to a game like that. And again, the conversation is, what do you like? What do you story. like? Like, yeah. you, I think you're getting too defined in the, would this work, theoretically? We're saying, right. well, so for, in, forget in if it would ideal, work. Assume it'll work. What would you like for it to be? In my well, ideal, yeah, I would probably do something like wide linear, right? 
Like okay. I, I would do something that's predominantly linear and motivated by story and narrative and propulsion and drive, and then okay. have a certain width of that linearity that allows you to, to run around. I think Xenoblade is actually probably maybe too large a little bit for my ideal uh, okay. in terms of those spaces. Uh, but, you know, I like that concept of really significant story, character, all that stuff with exploration in the middle uh, and, and, and pads. I, Xenoblade's probably just a little too broad for perfect, whatever so, perfect might be. Okay. So RGH says, uh, aren't things like Skyrim and Fallout linear open worlds? Um, so so open world I think we're taking world. two different things, though, right? Like yeah. a linear story and an open world. I mean, because we're story, talking about a good linear story. Right, though right. I think, well, like, right, because that's the thing is a lot these open world games they they never get to the quality of like a a fully linear story where that's where they put all of their time and energy and and it shows right and so Skyrim ends up feeling like eh, the story's not good but that's not really what it's about it's about the open world experience and you making your own stories and so I think if we're th this is going to be my problem with this entire thought experiment is that. <laughs> I like every type of video game. And so I'm going to try to put all of it into one game. Cause if it's then my perfect it. game, it, yeah, if it's going it, to be man. my perfect game, it's going to have elements of everything. Right. So then that's it's the going point. To be, yeah, exactly. You, you've I like there. how, I like how just Travis's description that, and that's how you wind up with star citizen. Congrats. <laughs> exactly. Your game is that, I, I'm, I feel like I'm creating my <laughs> least favorite game on accident. I, uh, you know what I mean? Like, the exact opposite. Can we on accident, can we like I'm too much it. with Travis? I love this process. So much. <laughs> the only Travis could say we're going to add all my favorite things from every game and create my least favorite really game. No, because he's going to build yeah. the Homer. He's really worried about building exactly. the Homer as a oh, car. Exactly. I, I love this. This it. is like a philosophy class, right? <laughs> We've gone from perfect game into like evaluating both Travis's neuroses and complete accuracy as to how you get scope creep and why there's problems in game development to begin with. Thank you. Hogue is perfectly describing yeah, all the But we're not living in reality. This is a fun conversation. Not for but me, yes. Ains. It's not fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is like you're not you're not explaining to anyone here that creating an open world and trying to create a narrative like Last of Us detracts from that experience. We all understand that. That's not the topic we're talking about. We're talking right. about if you could forget those limitations, what would you create? That's it. I will advocate for. I know, and what I'm saying is that if I put all my favorite stuff in it, it probably would turn out to be a Frankenstein monster of a game. It could. tries to do too many things. Yeah, and it certainly is. Could. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what I in my brain. I'm like, am I accidentally creating the worst game ever made? Like, am I think I, I you set you on the wrong path, yeah, Travis. I think okay. you had the right path for you to start out with, which is that I add open world and I assume it works. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah, but then I'm like. <laughs> You know, what my what's my favorite type of combat? Well, I like shooters, but I also really like card-based deck building games. And you know what I mean? So that's gotta be in the game Put too. Together. If it's my favorite game ever. And it's gotta have turn-based tactics games. And like all right, so it, you're it's doing just shooting too much. You're doing shooting, uh, and you've added out a VAT system, and the additions to your guns are all card-based at decks that you can purchase from your Do you uh, see? This sounds like a travel game. What am but I doing? Is, it's not one game to rule them all. Like, this is not the only game that's ever going to exist. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's, if it's my perfect game, it should have all those elements, right? It should have, oh, no. it should have all of that in there. Oh. So So chat and uh, audio listeners, um, this is what I deal with on a weekly basis. <laughs> if you, um, if you could see our DM. DMs and some of the, the conversations DMs we like have, 
yeah th this is this is what i go through on a weekly basis i hope you appreciate i love it. Uh, i love you all <laughs> what a sunday oh man all right well i'm just gonna <laughs> go ahead and speak because you're taking us all over the place Travis. Yeah. so uh i i generally agree i think when I look at my favorite games today and what I would change, what I did is did the backwards, right? I thought about, okay, what games have my favorite things in them, right? I'm, I've talked a million times about loot. So loot is a big aspect I'd want in my game. So when I was thinking about linear open world and story driven, like Witcher came to mind, right? Where it's a big open world. Uh, I like the character designs, uh, things like that. There's things I change about it in an ideal space, but my template to begin was I would like a big open world that I can explore. Um, but to Travis's point, this kind of goes again, just throwing things out there. I would like it to uh, ideally have some sort of live service element where things in the world would evolve over time, right? You would have events, you would have things that would change over time so that, uh, or uh, randomized events, right? Even if they're pre-coded that they would I'm pop up on occasion. Okay. So uh, this is one aspect. Uh, perfect game will heartily reject all of Ains's thesis for the last 20 seconds or so. Wow. <laughs> that's fine, will, right? And that's Randomization fine. is the devil in terms of telling you compelling stories. I want to be in the hands of a master craftsperson. I do not want them having to figure out whether it's raining while the scene is happening or whether it's the Christmas seasonal event while I'm otherwise involved in the death of my parents in, in the story that's being told to me. I don't want randomization. I want okay. it curated up to wazoo. Okay. So, and that's fine, right? We don't have to yeah. agree on what our favorite game is. We will not, good sir. Guys. <laughs> 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 um, all right. So, Dan, where are you at here? Open I mean, world, what type yeah, of I'm linear, more, story driven? Yeah. You, you want some kind of story. I mean, I am a big fan of Mass Effect and how they did it for the most part. Um, okay. So I kind of went with that as a one, basis. two, or like three. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> you know, the, the, it, it was, it's more of the, the I want to be, you know, I don't want you to go, okay, I played this. I was Commander Shepard. I want to play, I want you to play it and be like, I was me. You know, I was that person. I made these decisions. Okay. I, those, those decisions need to be, you know, weighty. They need to, you know, have meaning farther down the line in this story, right? Um, as far as the open world and linear, uh, I'm, I'd rather have an open world where I could, you know, walk around uh, and and, and kind of go where I want to go. Different planets, you know, not necessarily, I guess, different cities, you know, just maybe like a hub world. Like my initial instinct was like, well, I'd like to do Hitman 3, but I want to change everything. Right. That, it's exactly what I thought. I was like, and and but there's there's so many ways to, you know, go down. Like I can get you like a specific story, but I would like to, you know. Like if you took like Spec Ops the line, Ghost Recon Wildlands, Splinter Cell, Hitman 3, and Mass Effect 3, found a bunch of stuff and mixed it all together, making a <laughs> giant giant open world, you know, with, with, with certain <laughs> things, you know, but you go from like 18 years old, you join the army, right? This is just kind of like something I threw in my head. You join the <laughs> army, you become like a like a SEAL team. Then you eventually progress to maybe something like, you know splinter cell you know sam fisher like kind of thing then you know you get married maybe and have a couple kids and then and then after that maybe, <laughs> right yeah yeah you get married and then you, you then you create this network of like you know you know spies and assassins and stuff like that or you maybe you work for somebody i don't know what it is i mean it's, there's so much you could do 
uh, you know, how does this, you know, killing this person who also has kids, you know, affect you as a person in your in, in your family life? You should you have know? a therapy there's, game there's a, from there. Right. Yeah. yeah there's a whole yeah. system. Yeah. Of, of where. Yeah. And then eventually you get, you know, you know, you deal with maybe like serious issues. And I'm not even joking, like like PTSD and stuff like that, where you can you can you can really get in. There's, there's so much I would do in my head and then I would play it and then probably complain about it, just like Travis. And 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 that's OK. You know, there, there's there's so much like that went through my head when you when you first gave us this kind of you know, assignment, and I was just like, there, "There's, there, it's just it's hard <laughs> to do." It's, assignment. it's an assignment in my head, you know. So like, I'm just thinking like all this stuff. I understand where Travis is coming from to a certain extent. It's 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 a lot. So <laughs> it would definitely be only single player. I don't care about multiplayer at all. It could be okay, a live I, service game, but okay. You know. I was gonna say you're you're. I asked you. <laughs> No, I'm just going. I'm just gonna give it all right up His here. Right perfect up game is a full-on spy life simulation. Okay. Yes. There it is. <laughs> he wants a James Bond open-world RPG. That's Starting at like graduation from high school, he wants the <laughs> yeah. whole shebang. Go from it. Yeah, that's where you start off. You know. <laughs> you know. Maybe you know. Mom left dad. And you know dad who embraced? You? you know who embraced the assignment that Ains assigned us for homework? Dan. Yep. That is Dan's perfect game. I believe that entirely. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say. Travis, uh, we'll review it. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you would be the only one reviewing it, though. Because that's, that's who would get in. All right. Let's get a couple super chats real quick before we continue down this. This isn't a road. I don't know what we're on right now, but. This is um, fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gio Rio back with $10. Or, I'm sorry, 10 euros. Uh, would it work if you uh, first have a story to follow until the end, and then when you get in love, when you got in love with the world, it becomes open world, and then you can go explore and get tons of individual side quests? So I like this comment a lot because yeah. one of the things that I found interesting, and I've heard other people say this before too, is what happens, we're talking about we want an open world where you go explore and do stuff on your own, but we also want a linear uh, uh, story-driven experience that's well-written and kind of engaging, right? What I've heard other people say, couldn't you do exactly what Gio's saying here, where you have like a, an eight to 10 hour story-driven linear experience that at the end then opens into kind of a different game where it's open world and you can continue with additional things. This is fundamentally the, the Final Fantasy model, right? I mean, we're a little bit far afield from how the series has long been uh, shown and we're having a Devil May Cry game thrust upon us unwillingly uh, later on. But as a series, it has long been, here's the world. It kind of has ostensible open world, but actually there's mountains around everything. So you're going to hit these towns in order. And then right before you fight the big bad, you're going to get the full airship and you're going to have other things that you can go and explore and and hang out with because the world's going to be done when you're done with the game. Um, so you can put that post credits. Uh, you know, Travis has mentioned there's a new game plus in whatever that looks like in Xenoblade. Could be anything, because like I said, Tommy Wimey stuff, folks. Um, and so I, I think that I think that linear RPGs, especially of the Japanese variety, have have done this to some extent. Um, but it, it's not an open world as we would think of it in Red Dead Redemption or or Ghost of Tsushima yeah. or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. Um. Geo, thank you for the super chat. Yeah, I think uh, to to Hoag's point, it's kind of it's out there in various ways, depending on how you want to consume it. And I think most of what we would talk about here is out there in various ways. That's kind of the point. Like, what aspects of these games would you piece together? Travis, meanwhile, looks like he just worked like a 
a 20 hour shift. I thought it looked like he had Taco Bell and it was bad. <laughs> Fantastic. I can. All right. So uh, more super chats here real quick. And this is a funny one. Yeah, this is how Cyberpunk 2077 was created. This is how every scope creep game ever was yes. created. This yep. literally, this is the scope creep ga- mini game we're playing right here. Uh, 100%. Yes. Uh, uh, Pompa in the house. Pompa, Travis' favorite game is a working Nerf Legends. <laughs> I think he's considering he whether he's too harsh on it. Yeah. yeah. I think he's thinking maybe ugh, that wasn't that. That wasn't Dan's game. Maybe I should give yep. it a few more points. Imagine Nerf yep. Legends with a, a strong narrative. Yeah. You guys are highlighting why I've never given a one. Why the lowest I've ever gone is two because nobody's made these games worth right now. <laughs> and question for Gecko back with a uh, question for Dan. Dan. Have you played Alpha Protocol? I have. It's been a very, very long time. Obsidian. I don't really. I, I remember Alpha Protocol barely. It was. It, it didn't get very good, like reception. When I remember when it released. I it loved it, but it was. I thought it was so all right. Flawed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been a long time though. For sure. It concepted out a lot of cool stuff that I thought yeah. would be used that was not. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like what we're doing. It went um, down a dead end. Hmm. All right. So <laughs> trying to move on here. Do you would you have a your character be written for you? Uh, the example I'll give here is like an Arthur Morgan, a Geralt, where you're playing the character, but it's predefined. Right. Or something where you create your character uh from scratch you know look and build and then there's obviously variations here right so are you in the rpg elements where you're going to build your character over time or is your character kind of set uh and you know you really just customize the look i don't think those that's that is a false dichotomy right because again if you think about a jrpg you're not changing your characteristics you're changing your equipment and things but obviously The materia system is is big. The job systems are big in, in those kinds of series. So I will answer for myself only and say I 1,000% want a, a written character. Uh, okay. I do not think video game writers are either gifted enough or that maybe any writers are capable of telling a story that evaluates every possibility for who you are within that world. Fair. The one thing uh, I've always commented on this, right, is the difference for me between Witcher 3 and Skyrim. Um, is that in Witcher 3, you're Geralt. There's very defined characters because it's based on the books, obviously. He's over it. <laughs> My favorite and, pet of Geralt is he's he's over everything. Yeah, he's, he's done, done with it. In that entire game. Uh, versus Skyrim, where you're really just a nondescript nobody, and the story really, you know, we've talked about that, right? So, and I, I much prefer the Geralt, Geralt. approach uh, in Witcher over Skyrim. But I also love the fact that I can customize attributes and skills and things like that. I'm very much an RPG guy. So my game would definitely have the ability to build your character with different character builds. Um, something where you could modify and play it in different ways over, over multiple playthroughs. Geralt has builds, right? I mean, I don't know that you were discounting that. No, that's, that's kind of my point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. So you can still have the character written a certain way, right? Yes. But you can... You can modify. Yep. The, the funny thing is, is like Elden Ring or or just your from games in general, right? You can play in many different ways, different builds, weapons, etc. But yeah, yeah. But the 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 writing behind it is uh, you're not driving that really. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's your character is a non-entity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I like Travis I like kind of a mix. Are we concerned about Travis? Do we need to send like uh, EMS over? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Travis, do you like written characters or create your own? Oh no! Oh, okay. Do you have a preference for <laughs> one or the other? Uh, I think my preference is. I think you can write the character and still let the person play who they want to play. So, like an example of that would be, you know, you play like the Inquisitor in Dragon Age. You're like uh -huh. a written character, and yet you get to sort of choose what that character is and their. I think you can choose even their species like you could in Dragon Age Origins and stuff like that. And I think there's probably my preference would be a middle ground between the freedom of getting to play who you want and also being written. Like Commander Shepard's mm -hmm. a good example. I think that's probably what I would be my preference. Because I think you can write it correctly if you give it a defined character. But there's that... Uh, is that question? Yeah, I don't think so yeah. fundamentally. And I, you, you're obviously you're welcome to your preference, and a lot of people like that. Um, but to me, it's like yeah, you're still either bound to either play to always hit the blue button or always hit the red button or come across as a psychopath, um, right? Like <laughs> if you're talking about a Commander Shepard or uh, or the Inquisitor, um, you know those choices are: I like that I am cursed, or I don't like that I am cursed. And you could vacillate, um, but you're a crazy person uh, at that point in time. So why not write it? with an actual character uh, beat of that. I don't feel like I'm gaining anything from that because ultimately I'm going to do a run through where I'm blue and a run through where I'm red uh, and you know, whatever. But you get, I, I think the reason to do it would be because player agency is important in a video game. And also it allows people to have different experiences in a game and, and, Oh, I got this ending. You got that ending. That's interesting. We experienced different things. We got to play the way that we wanted to play and have freedom. Um, I think that either dilutes the narrative or that there's one way that's better written. Well, in my version of the game, right. they wrote <laughs> they wrote a perfect narrative while also implementing that system because I am not held to what has existed before. Am Correct. I doing it right, Ains? Correct. Yeah. You're getting it. So they nailed it in my version of this game that can't exist. <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean, I, I guess that would just be my preference is if they could write it well, then that would be the way to go. But I agree that that's never happened before. And I think there's probably a reason behind it. And I am not naive to that, that, that uh, there, there's a, it is a trade off. Right. So, yeah, agree. Yeah. When I when I look at my favorite narrative games, they are not typically games where you have a lot of control over the narrative. Right. You know what I mean? They're they're crafted to to Hoag's point. But I call uh, them it, the would you kindlies those games yeah well that's one of them right yeah. um so uh all right so let's get into the fun stuff which travis i know is going to be great at is uh gameplay mechanics oh no <laughs> oh no so, don't make so, me do this so it's 10 05 it's been a good show everyone We're gonna, <laughs> travis camera clicks off yeah. uh so first or third person I'm a third person guy. I I, I can't. Okay. First, third first person today, tomorrow, every day, third person. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. That was definitive for two of our cast members. Yeah. Cast members. It's like I'm at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I would probably say third person as well. Honestly, um, only because the game I'm envisioning for myself is more of an RPG, open world RPG type game, 
And in those types of games, third person is just the way to go. Especially you put Travis because- in a box now because whatever Travis truly believes, his contrarianness will overcome. Understood. <laughs> I will. And now Watch I've created this. a paradox and, because now I've uh, said that I, he has to say first person. And I, I also recognize going into this question that he loves Destiny, which is first person, and that has its own weight behind it. So, uh, Joke's on you. Yeah. I choose both. Many games have both. <laughs> many, games, many games let you choose to either play in third or first person. The ideal game would give players the choice, like Elder Scrolls Online. You can play it in third person or first person. Okay. Oh, I bought between them in Elder Scrolls because they're different. Combat's better in third. Immersion's better in first. But if, just, just so we're keeping track at home, Travis, out of the choices so far, you chose 3D because 3D incorporates 2D. You chose open world because you can have a linearity within an open world. <laughs> And you chose both <laughs> for third person and first person. Is that accurate? Shut up, Hogue. <laughs> <laughs> He's not what we would define as decisive. Yeah. I actually am guys- sweating. Whoever said that comment, but I'm sweating. I am sweaty right now. Like I am like physically sweating. Cool. All right. There's been a lot of it. games though that have done that well. It's like you know, like Elder Scrolls. My game did person. it well, perfectly. Okay, great. <laughs> yes, Travis is thinking that. ESO does yeah. it well. ESO yes. looks good both ways because it was does it well. Game. It, it, yeah, it does it all right. But but I, I think like ideally they would they would, they would let you choose and both would be well thought out and they put enough time yes. into it. I'm not worried about budget or anything here. So in my world, they put equal yeah. amount of development time into making right. both work really well. Forty thousand animators are making every possible animation. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Okay. So we did it. That one was quick. That one was quick. What about yeah. uh what do you want your game to contain? Does it have is it uh single player? Does, yeah. oh, oh, no, 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 no. You gotta let me finish because I'm gonna throw like eight things at you at once. Okay. Is it uh, ex- explorative, right? Uh is it more combat driven? Is it a mix? Uh are there survival aspects, right? Do you have to con- be concerned about character management? Um and or are and I should say, are you alone or do you have some sort of party system where you can recruit people and eventually have more than one kind of protagonist or people with the protagonist? Or are you always kind of solo here? I would like a single player game with a party of primarily probably non-playable character companions to add to narrative and world building. Okay. I do not need survival elements. I do like filling bars of certain kinds. So g- general RPG progression of skills and experience. Um, and uh, you say explorative. I would say that I want to focus primarily on the narrative and then have that kind of wide linear approach as we talked about before with some exploration elements, but primarily focused on telling me a good story. Okay. See, that's a good answer. Well, I'm going to just say yes. <laughs> That's what RJH said in the chat. Yes. Yeah. So you want yeah. so, uh, you don't want survival aspects in your game. No. Well, I mean, you know what, though? I mean, State of Decay 2 is one of my favorite games on Xbox. What and game? I'm sorry. State of Decay 2. Oh, I like State of Decay 2. That's true. You know, it's a great game. Um, you know, I, I would like more relationship building, I guess, with other characters, where okay. those characters then down the line maybe play a part in how the story unfolds or how uh, you develop also as a character. Um, you know, Mass Effect, but on steroids with, you know, actual meaningful relationships, you know, that would be nice. Um, as far as, like, combat and stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm getting married and, 
you know, having kids. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to have some combat and stuff. Um, you could, you, you, you know, I'd, I'd like a, a system of, you know, gosh, I, I don't even know how to put this. It, like, like, like just like a, a system where like you have control of you know, kind of like a Yakuza, like a dragon where you've got that kind of side uh, business kind of thing going on, you know, but with assassins as opposed to, you know, investing in, uh, <laughs> investing in actual, uh, businesses. That's you can fun. do laundry in arcade paradise right now. Right. I, yeah. I can do laundry, you know, there so, you, go. you know, something, you know, just, I, I, for me, the whole thing is, is, is having choices in the game matter, having like, uh, Travis, I, I'd like a lot of player agency. I'd like to be, uh, give the motivations to my character you know, for doing these kind of things. So it would definitely be an RPG for sure. Okay. Um, so that that's, that's kind of, you know, combat. Yeah. You want to have good combat. You don't want to have, I mean, we're throwing all kinds of money at this game. So well, you don't even have to have, have a game doesn't have to have combat. It doesn't have so. to have combat necessarily. This one does you know, in okay. my head. Do yeah. you, uh, do your uh, side characters or the people that you build relationships with, do they have an impact on that combat? Do you fight with them? Is it a party? No, no, it's a single player kind of thing. Um, I I guess, you know, you could have that some kind of internet, but you know, we're getting into the weeds here, guys. I mean, it's, it's, I (laughs) I could go on, I I could, I could make it, I could make it, you know, okay, well, you know, we're going to go this, this part of the game is ghost recon wildlands where you have three AI, you know, companions that are going to do this mission. And you could, I mean, I guess, you know, just have that happen if you wanted to, but generally I would say single player. Okay kind of stuff nick metal x says a survival resource management story based multiplayer rpg there yeah. you go dating sim <laughs> I put in there? yes if we so. if we talk dating sim elements if we yeah. talk on big cast for like 10 years dan and we find out at the end of all of this that your ideal game is like the sims uh i'm yes. gonna be find that very hilarious by the way well, i mean if they would release some actual hitman content with the sims you might be all right <laughs> that's what i did in, in the, when i played the sims is i would build staircases to random rooms and watch people walk up there and then take away the staircase and <laughs> watch them poop themselves uh, so that was always fun i would say uh in this um it depends uh, i'm very curious to see kind of like what we get out of diablo 4 because where i'm leaning is uh a big kind of explorative, as I've already said, uh, open world where I can, uh, there's type of events and there's uh, progression, RPG building, lots and lots of uh, items and loot management, which I know some people don't like, but I love it. Um, but I want to be able to play in co-op as well, right? So I can play in single player and explore and just lose myself in the game as much as I want. But if you guys or anyone else want to join me you can have a co-op where they bring their customized character and with their builds and their attacks and everything else uh and join me and we go explore together i like it nope nope (laughs) (laughs) not in my game yep that's right travis how you doing brother struggling struggling all right here's my game My game is based around player agency where you can approach whatever situation however you want. So it will obviously have both melee and ranged combat, like a shooter, or you can or you can fight. That's one way to get through the game if you want. Like Cyberpunk or like a Fallout or what have you. But if you want, you can also talk your way through situations, turn it into a philosophy battle like Forgotten City. And if you want, you can go romantic route and turn it into a a dating sim type aspect if you if you want to do that. 
Uh, or you can challenge them to a, a, a card-based duel to get through the encounter if that's how you want to approach the situation and, okay. and make it like a deck-building game. You can also play this game alone or with friends. It has an, a mode where you know it's basically an MMO and a mode where it's a fully offline game. And you can also choose to have party members or not, both human and not human. Right. So it's like basically what I'm describing is like, you know, the freedom you get of like fall at New Vegas. I'm 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 just describing that on like steroids where like every possible permutation of getting through the game is possible. And somehow they're all super well developed games that can fit onto uh, somebody's hard drive. So uh, that's my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but notice like. that that does follow Travis's no. Shut up! Oh, yeah. <laughs> does it have uh, does it have loot management? Yes, Employer or you can and, turn it off. And also no. Yes, you can turn it off if you want. Obviously, there's just a switchboard of options. <laughs> turn it yeah, off exactly. if you want. Turning out RPG what Travis has developed is C plus plus. Make what you will. <laughs> it's 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 amorphous. The game. This is yeah, what I'm, Travis just, is I'm describing RPG doing. Maker, I think. Yes. Or yeah, just yeah. a Unity subscription. Just yeah. have that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this um, is an impossible question for me to answer, obviously. But there you go. I love it. All right. What what uh what what setting do you guys want? You want modern day? You want sci-fi? Do you want fantasy? Do you want something uh mixed? Do you want forespoken? <laughs> now I have to choose one, huh? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't think so. You're it's a time traveling game, yeah. It's like, yeah. well, here's my game. It's a set of portals to a sci-fi <laughs> land and a fantasy land. One's going to be like modern that. day. I, like uh, it's ready one. I am very much a uh, uh, medieval type guy. I want castles. I want dragons. I want you look uh, like one. demons. Thank you. Uh, demons and, uh, you know, there's fantasy aspects, right? I mean, stuff like uh, Elder Scrolls Online, you know, that that aesthetic and idea about magic and wizards and beasts mm. uh, is definitely me armor um and, and those types of things for sure I, after having made fun of travis a little bit i actually think i am going to do that I, I i would i would advocate something of a chrono trigger type approach uh with something that has a foundational graphic characteristic but otherwise shows a bunch of variety um like Chrono Trigger having the future and the caveman and the, and the, the dark brooding medieval times and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'll take them all alive, alive. Yeah. Uh, well, so yes, in concept. Um, but uh, as a actual combined narrative of some kind. Okay. Yeah. I'm going with modern day setting. It's just not enough of them. My, like, I, mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I love, I love the, the medieval kind of stuff. Love it. But I'd like more of those. I'm I'm um, surprised you didn't straight say sci-fi. Hope me? Yeah. Oh, well, I have trouble envisioning a success, a truly successful science fiction video game. I would say, um, in terms of what I like. Mm. Wow. Let's see, this is your chance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like even Star Control Two, which I've said is at the top of my list, is predominantly kind of a fantasy approach to science fiction. Okay. Um, so all the best I, ones are. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. You see Travis trying to squeeze in Star Wars stuff right there. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, and I mean, just, yeah. All, I don't all think that hard sci-fi plays very well in general. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Find out in Starfield. We won't find out because that will not be our, uh, that will not be the zenith of what hard sci-fi can be. I can promise you that. <laughs> I would just so also like to say real quick that all my mechanics will be explained within the first hour of the gameplay. And you will not be running into crap 
Eight. Man, don't play Xenoblade, friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. Eight, eight <laughs> levels down the road where they're introducing new mechanics because also, it will you all did be play laid Tales out nicely. And Yakuza. Both of those games have Yakuza. Yeah, Yakuza. Nah, the Yakuza's not terrible at it. I mean, it's generally the same stuff. The problem with, yeah, Tales, on the other hand, yeah, I was still learning stuff two hours before I finished it. I was just <laughs> like, this is insane. I had like 80 hours into it. It was crazy. Yeah. I don't need that garbage. Dino just keeps dropping new menus at me. <laughs> Too much. Yeah, you haven't even seen the half of it. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, That's insane. Yeah, I think I'm. I do like Hogue's route of of choosing, hopefully multiple settings. I would say, I would say maybe the setting adapts based on your player choices. You know, like there could be some sort of like meta involvement, right? Where uh, you're sort of shaping the world and it's becoming a fantasy world or not. I, I don't know what this game Ty is. Guy Travis is, but... is officially making the total recall video game. Yeah, I this is this, hey, is, hey, too hey, this is too much for me. I I, I, I I'm screen too. You're in the animus and just going to different time periods exactly and something like that. There's you something also made Assassin's Creed Infinity, that. right? Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's what it is. It's Travis's perfect game. Travis yeah. is working on it. They're in San Francisco, folks. It's true. Just They're actually a block here. away from my old IGN office. <laughs> uh, a couple comments here. Elu Spook says, I noticed no one's favorite game is a fighting game, and this makes me sad. Give me a 2D fighting game that blends the systems of Weapon Lord, Sam Show, and yes, Sekiro's third, maybe third, third. I don't know. I don't know. With Sekiro's deflections. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin Too Good says, Crusader Kings 3 Game of Thrones mod might just be the perfect game. <laughs> and Pompa says all this game features makes me sad that not many games use the nemesis system. Uh really like oh, the idea of battling and if you die lose there's a domino effect in the world. So did the patent office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. Well, that's a longer conversation. Check out virtual legality. Uh but it is patented. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Sum it up. Sum it up. Tell me, tell me in a in a sixty second pitch what your ideal game is. I think I did mine earlier. So, you pretty much, yeah. You know, yeah like, I'm good. I like. I would it. also like to add that I'd like Austin Wintery to score my my game. Dan wants yes, that a, guy. Music is important. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, let me see if I can guess everybody. So Dan wants a uh, half sim, half action spy fantasy. Live your best spy life. Hogue yes. just wants a game from 30 years ago, verbatim with no changes. Ames <laughs> wants. Uh... <laughs> I was just going to say I wanted a modern kind of updated version of I think a a, a chrono uh, chrono trigger with probably each of the each of the settings treated as a small. This is important. A smallish open world environment. Uh, that gives you that linear wide progression through a story of, of, of what we can do now with, with graphics and things. Um, but yeah, the one thing that you didn't ask us about, Ains, is I do think one of the most important aspects of video games, ironically, it doesn't get mentioned a lot, is music. Um, and I think if you go and you correlate the ones that are really well received for reasons that maybe people don't even realize, it tends to be ones with really strong scores. Um, and so I definitely would want to have an operatic, uh, dramatic score of of you know the the John Williams equivalent um, for for the video game. I am with you uh, entirely. I would have said uh, when I think about kind of um, scores of my ideal game, the kind of one I'm describing, uh, it, it's it's in that vein for sure. Uh, it, the first thing that came to mind, no joke, is the uh, theme music from Dark Souls Three, which is 
epic. Mine's all dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the only hard answer I give you. Is <laughs> players have agency. They can change the rhythm. It has to be dubstep. <laughs> it's, it's dubstep, but they can change the beats per minute. <laughs> Your choice is adjust the bass drops. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how long it takes for the bass. So I wouldn't say mine is thirty years ago, Travis. Just in just in terms of defending okay. myself, but it has those sensibilities. Yeah. Well, come on, Travis. What's yours? Nail it. My it's game is it. Minecraft meets uh, Skyrim meets Destiny. It it is a amalgamation of all my favorite things in games trying to put it into one thing like a four-year-old cooking for himself by putting M&Ms and ice cream and <laughs> pasta and, you know, all the stuff he likes into one Check bowl. Check your and... thought experiment and substitute my own. Exactly. <laughs> he's uh, he's just stirring it around completely unaware of the horror he's just created. Please do not make my game. That's my pitch. Please don't do it. <laughs> I think we've we've come pretty close to mine in reality. Uh, if you took something like Witcher Three uh, and added more uh, added co-op potential co-op, mix Witcher Three with like Diablo Three or Diablo Four, and a very extensive character building and looting system uh, that evolves over time. So I, I, I caution to say live service elements, but I think you know what I mean. Something like uh, where new story elements and new world events are delivered over time. Um, yeah, you've you've made my you've got me for thousands of hours. I just realized I want like a John Wick video game, basically. Pretty there much. You go. Yeah. yeah, that's it with like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the kids, where you have to manage your dog. Game added a dog. Right, yeah, not for long because you know, spoilers. <laughs> he gets a new one. You need yeah. incentive. That's true, he does. Yeah. yeah. How else would he have incentive to kill hundreds of people? That's right. Yeah. I don't All think right. he kills hundreds in John Wick. I mean, within the three movies, maybe. Well, yeah, by the time you get to the third, but in John Wick 1, he probably kills like 17. Yeah. Like something like that. That's probably true. <laughs> I love that you picked such a specific number. I, I, now <laughs> I want to look it up. How about uh, I know the movie with the most deaths in it the most murders is uh rambo 2 i think it is like he killed like oh, there's yeah, a specific number we're not, a we're, in we're not including like force awakens and five planets or something like that yeah i'm talking about like personal like okay like a guy like killed guy. another guy yeah. like on screen yeah like that's uh is it really yeah i yeah. Mean, I, 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 I looked this up a while ago i think it's rambo 2 or 3 it's one of the rambo movies yeah. I oh, was off. He gets in the attack chopper and he's just shooting missiles and everything, but the missiles never end. He just keeps shooting like yeah. endlessly and blowing everything up. There you go. I apologize. We have a full visual graphics on this by which weapon, where he killed them, how accurate his shots were. John Wick killed 77 people in his first movie. 77. Wow. Wow. You're in hundreds. Yeah, I think Rambo 2 is over 100. It's over 100 people. 77 is more than I would have guessed for John Yeah, Wick. that's way more than I would have guessed. Yeah. yeah, well, I, you were yeah. you were off by a lot, Hogue. Like you, I was. you blacked out a lot of that murder. That's pretty. I, I did. It's not my favorite movie ever. Um, <laughs> apparently, uh, the 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 red circle he killed almost thirty. So I don't okay. even remember. What oh the yeah, red that, circle that's the. Is. Yeah, it's the, it was the the bar. Okay. Yeah, when he wanted something. He yep. want Dan wants uh Dan wants a John Wick game. Hogue, only thing I would say, my feedback on yours is I think you should have more ambition for your game. I think you should imagine a world where this game is online or evolves over time and still retains as good of a story and all I that stuff. I don't want it. I will tell you this. I have a hard block. 
won um, it. Co-op and multiplayer. And, and you can tell me, I can imagine the design doesn't suffer from this, but if you have it for the capability of having another person in there, if you have it for the capability of having live services or what have you in there, the design suffers for what I want it to be. What what about just the, the purpose of uh, building more content and telling the story beyond the- I will happily know, pay for your more. sequel. All right, so you just want to buy a sequel and not, you don't want- I want my want games in Amber. I, the, one of the biggest problems I have in, with live services is that if I really enjoyed, oh, I don't know, something like Forsaken, like that it is a moment in time. And I don't, I, I much rather have, and I've talked about this before on this show, like I love that my board games sit over there and nothing can happen to them. Those cards can't be changed secretly one day when I wake up this morning uh, and I, I look at those cards. Everything is as it is. Uh, and yes, perhaps I'm shouting at a cloud on that, but I would want my perfect game to be there and perfect always and forever. <laughs> there you go. It, I mean, it's not an answer that is going... The answer to this question is not going to... Uh, it's going to be very individual, right? Every Everyone likes... Even when, especially once you get to the, the, the like nitty-gritty of individual aspects, people like different things. So, Which is why my game is designed to appease everyone and, uh, and succeeds at appeasing zero people. <laughs> that is how it will go down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Travis, you, you survived. You feeling okay? Heart rate back to normal? No. No, I'm. This is. I'm a wreck. You've ruined my day. I'm uh, literally. Oh no! The whole my whole day oh. is over now. Put it's on really Arcade Paradise. Put on some '90s tunes. Do some laundry. You'll be right as rain. Don't worry, everyone. I'm gonna DM him all day asking him more questions. So perfect. <laughs> uh, Sardinism says his is Kingdom Hearts Four, but let Brandon Sanderson write the rest of the story so it makes sense. And let Yoko Taro lead level design. I don't know who those people are, but I'm sure that makes sense. To yes, you someone. do. Brandon Sanderson is the writer of Mistborn uh, and the Stormlight Archives. Yoko Taro uh, makes uh, the near games. <laughs> nope. Yeah. No, you, lo you lost me. Yoko Taro. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, yeah but the other. Oh, guys, Yoko Taro, you said, is the uh, designer from uh, near. 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 Okay. Near yeah, I know Yoko Taro. Brandon Sanderson likes video games. He should write some. Honestly, he would be good at it. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, anyone listening to this later, leave us a comment. Uh, let us know what your ideal game is and give us some aspects. Ask Travis some questions. Uh, it'll do him some good. He's got to work through Tweet this. Tweet at him. He loves it. He loves it. Tweet at him questions of what his favorite aspects of games are. It, it'll be his therapy. We'll work through this together. So. I was waiting for some sort of response, but I think we've been no, he, he's I'm broken. Just, I'm just I'm just crestfallen. That's my response. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we will go ahead and close out. Travis, wipe your mind clean for a second and tell us what you got going on. Yeah, uh, you can read my review of Digimon Survive on IGN.com. I gave it a six out of ten. Spoiler alert. Um, you can uh, see my preview of Construction Simulator, which comes out, I think, in October. Uh, the game comes out in October. You can watch my preview now. Uh, but that game is uh, is hilarious. And also, for those who don't know, my dad is a real-life uh, owner of a construction company. So I um, made him as my, my playable character and then recreated his business exactly in my preview. Uh, so that was a pretty hilarious uh, way to play through that. And uh, yeah, I've got other stuff coming out that I can't talk about, but I'm, I'm keeping busy. And uh, actually, this weekend was the first weekend 
in eight months that I have had no uh, video game projects to work on actively. I'm, I don't start my next preview until Monday, so until tomorrow. So I've just been chilling and catching up on right. games and playing games that I actually am, choose myself to play, uh, which is rare for me. So um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been cool. So. Cool. That's good. Um, so I forgot to say this at the housekeeping at the beginning of the show, darn it. Uh, we will not be here next week. So anyone listening, oh. anyone still in the chat right now, we are taking a week off. Um, I will actually not be around. I'm traveling. Uh, I think we all thought it would just be nice to uh, have a week off. We haven't taken a break. I don't know when the last time we didn't have a big cast was. It's been a while. Um, We've all rotated around like episodes, but yeah. It was the week of Christmas, I think. You guys wanted to. Yeah, you know. yeah, that's probably about right. So anyway, wanted to let everyone know we will not be here next week. We will be back on August 28th. And if all things line up, we will have a big special guest. Uh, the four of us will be here, plus the special guest, on the August 28th show. It should be one that you do not want to miss. So uh, just look for that. Anyway, Hoke, what's happening? I'm online all the time. <laughs> Every day. We're on like 17 days in a row of home. You can't miss me. I'm very sorry. Uh, but, uh, no, on the channel, we've got, uh, hangouts and headlines, uh, almost every day. We've got virtual legalities. We've got lawyers and dragons on Saturdays, mostly weekly until we finish up our campaign. If you hang out with us yesterday, you saw we had a big cliffhanger, uh, very excited about where that's going. Uh, but otherwise I'm doing what I do. Uh, there's a lot of media to critique. There's a lot of video games to talk about and a lot more stories to come. So if you're interested in, for instance, all of the legal documents filed by Elon Musk and Twitter, 400 plus pages. We went over them all this week. Um, <laughs> wow. And so we could talk about those pretty extensively. Come check it out. We've got a lot of fun stuff. I'm super excited about the channel. Channel continues to grow. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep doing it as long as people keep being interested. So check it out there or follow me on Twitter at Hoglaw and uh, see me rant about randomness and be called various names. Twitter. <laughs> yes yes uh great shout outs uh and definitely check it out and definitely check out lawyers and dragons which debuted yesterday not debuted but the the kind the of sort of official series yeah uh so check that out it's very unique and very cool um as far as season gaming goes we've got a review of cult of the lamb up right now we also uh eric took a look at a new controller from victrix it's a company uh, that is making kind of uh, esports kind of their aim is esports level kind of tournament controllers and devices. Uh, they have a headset. We took a look at the controller. So that's up. We have a video and a written review on that one. Uh, my foot is almost back to normal. So I'm starting to adjust here. I set up yesterday right back here to start doing some of these uh, statue reviews and unboxings that have been sitting down here for a while. People have reached out and asked about them because I have tons to do. So uh, you'll see some of those come this week finally as well. So just keep an eye out. Uh, as always, thank you for supporting us here. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out today. Thanks for watching Travis break down and have a, uh, a mental collapse in front of uh, in everyone. That was fun. And uh, we will see you in two weeks. See you then.